This is Alt Haven's exclusive live stream of Predation. If you're eager to witness the live action firsthand, join us on Twitch every Monday night at 6 p.m. PST on twitch.tv slash Althaven. If you're savoring what you hear and want more captivating content, explore Althaven's other remarkable podcasts, like $2 Creature Feature and Pest Control. Our extensive backlog spans from the mystical realms of ghosts, werewolves, and vampires to the cosmic adventures of Star Trek and the heroic tales of superheroes. Your support is invaluable to Althaven, and we appreciate every moment you spend with us. Thank you for being part of our Haven. <laughs> Welcome back to the Cretaceous period, everyone. I'm Eric Campbell here with the Stream Punks, and we're here to continue Chapter 3 of our game, Predation Legacy of Silver Creek. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. I don't have too many announcements this evening as we're about to kick this thing off. Uh, we've got a big game ahead of us, so we're going to jump in pretty quickly. But the one thing that I do have to announce... I'm very, very pleased to announce is that after a, a significant amount of time, I can now tell you that the Streampunks website is live. You can head over there now and check out our brand new website. It's worth pointing out that this website is possible because of all of you. This is a result of the fundraiser that we had um, this past, uh, not this past summer, but actually the summer before when we uh, hosted it up and get it up and going, uh, it's going to be uh, sort of like the hub for stream punks just outside of the coffee and Patreon updates. Um, we are going to have a store going up on the website at some point. So stay tuned for that. We'll keep you guys posted about what that's going to be all about. Um, but you guys should have a link. Uh, there it is. Thank you so much, Althaven. Um, so do check it out. Um, I want to give a special big thanks to Morgan Peters, who is our website builder. Morgan is awesome. She built the website for Amy Vorpal and uh, the Double Clicks. She is incredibly talented, as you will see, heading over to the website now. Uh, do enjoy it. It's possible because of you guys. You helped us put that together. And thank you into a billion, billion, billion somethings. Thank you. When you're surrounded by those somethings, just remember, you brought yourself there and you have no one but you to blame. Thank you. Um, that's my big announcement for the night. Um, thank you so much, and do keep your eyes on the website. Uh, does anybody else have any announcements that they would like to uh, they'd like to check out? Yes, yes, Noir. Ah, so the One Shot uh, One Shot Podcast Network has an audition uh, going on with a couple of potential new hosts, and uh, I'm one of those potential new hosts. So yeah. if you want to help me out, go ahead and take a listen to our audition. You might hear some familiar voices. They're, they're right here. <laughs> uh, and leave a review and say nice things. And if you don't have anything nice to say, lie. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anybody else? Oh, go ahead. Aliza, you got something? Yes. Was someone before me? I thought someone else said. Oh. Okay. No? Okay. Uh, yeah, just another plug for my story, Loom Stories. The new one is called Anaya the Hunter. Uh, Town on Fire. It's a long title. There's reasons for that. Uh, and so go check it out, read it. And also, uh, please, if you haven't already read through Welcome to the Blood Bar, or if you've only read through it once, read through it again, because uh, there's always readership goals every month. And, and this time I'm trying to be proactive early in the month to try to hit it by the end of the month. So please reread Welcome to the Blood Bar from end to end, because if everyone who has read it once reads it again, and if everyone who has started it reads it to the end, and I could I could like double those readership goals. Okay. Okay. So that's it. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Um, also, before I pass it off to the next announcement, I just want to say that I I'm, I 
was incorrect. There's actually three items up on our merch store, and I'm just checking it out now, and I want the hat. I didn't notice. That <gasps> yes, oh, that. Hat. Yeah, I want the hat. <laughs> um, so do check that out. Uh, we do have a merch shop up. Um, yes. Okay, does anybody else have any, anybody else have any announcements that they want to throw out there? Or any death threats that they would like to throw my way? I know that's going to tempt at least one of you. Oh, yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so so death threats, all of them. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> I'll make notes. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, no. So I am. Um, I was a stretch goal for a little show called uh, Graveyards of Arkham, and that's going to be um, coming up soon. So I just kind of wanted to plug that in because I'm playing a legendary NPC. I can't tell you what it is, I know. but it's terrifying, and y'all should watch. So I'll let you guys know when those dates start to come up. But we're about to record them, and I just, I just, I, I had to say something. <laughs> awesome. Okay, sweet. Um, anybody else have anything that they need to... Oh my god, I just realized, holy crap, I do have an announcement. I completely forgot about this. Um, so, <laughs> let me just get this out of the way first. Actually, Sam, if you want to do your, your announcement first before I do mine, because I actually have to pull up the info to, to, to recite it, because I was not prepared. So if you'd like to, okay. then I can talk yes. about it. Yes. Yes, sounds lovely. Um, so, I have from time to time, and with many of these self-same people, gone to space. It's kind of a thing that we do, but what does space do to your body? Because it turns out your body can sense physics in any number of ways, from the little hair cells inside your cochlea that sense vibrations and turn them into brain hearing signal things, if applicable, to your bones that increase their mineralization, but what happens when all those rules change in space? What happens? Are your cells okay? Find out by watching the latest video of May Contain Science up on YouTube now at youtube.com slash at Delevely, D-E-L-E-V-E-L-Y. This is your body on space. It's not manufacturer recommended. <laughs> Um, if you are a creator of a studio or you have a show, um, I want you all to know that each and every one of you out there who's watching this right now and you have not hired Sam DeLeb to be a host, you're a damn fool. And you just look like a damn fool. I'm just, I'm just pointing. I'm not trying to shame you out of here, but I am. I am. So, um, yeah. Um, uh, let's just go ahead and I'll make this announcement real quick. Um, there is something coming up called Roll for the Arts, a stream for solidarity. This is to support uh, people who are currently... Um, their jobs are on hold because um, capitalism has been brutal to people who are just trying to earn a living, particularly in the entertainment industry, if you catch my meaning. So in order to support that, we're doing an entertainment community fund. It's 10 hours of stuff that's being put up by my friend Katrina. Um, they have gotten together a bunch of game masters and stuff like that to run games. I'm going to be running a game. It's going to be hosted at twitch.tv backslash ttrpggifts. Um, you guys will see more information of that popping up on my Twitter corpse and also uh, on Blue Sky as well. So stay tuned for that information. That is going to be popping up. Uh, that's going to be this Saturday, I believe. Yes, that's going to be this Saturday, uh, September 16th. It begins at 12 p.m. Uh, I guess Pacific time would be 9 a.m. 12 p.m. Eastern. So that's all I got. Uh, I, think, I think that's all. Oh, also, just as a sidebar... If you guys ever find yourselves wandering over to Cherry Tree, which is a rad little site that helped me put together my badass computer, uh, use the code 16 bit Eric6 to get 6% off of whatever you're doing. Okay. 
See, I'm, I'm trying to get better at plugging. I'm terrible at it. I'm just like, whatever, I got a game to run. Uh, I, I'm terrible at it. So I'm trying to get, I'm trying to, I'm learning from you guys. I'm getting better, getting better. I just haven't spent the XP. I've got it all spent. I got all saved up, but I'm pulling a Sam in Callisto 6. And I'm just, yes, Sam. Y'all know a new dino just dropped? No. Mm-hmm. No, when did that happen? Oh, yeah. uh, it was in scientific reports. Um, and this isn't even my ma- my May Contain Science, which will be tomorrow at 8 a.m. Pacific. So check that story out. It is completely unrelated. But yes, a new sauropod in India. Oh. Uh, is a long neck kiddo. It's actually, there's some illustrations up of what it might look like out there. Real cute Pharasaurus indicus. Uh, literally just published about last month. Uh, but... It does have. Oh. It does have one one problem. It is not as glorious as Bruno. <laughs> That's and for, yeah, and every for Bruno and for so many other reasons, I am excited. <laughs> All right, with that, let's jump into tonight's chapter three of Legacy of Silver Creek. When we last left off, there was quite a lot happening, or at least I should say there was quite a lot on the horizon. You had all started to settle into Silver Creek. And for some of you, it's a little more comfortable than you would have expected. Perhaps some of you are coming from a place where the community is a little bit harsher and not quite as accepting of things that are different and not falling into line with the state of mind, the message, as it were, the cause. Others are arriving after weeks of trial and near-death experiences. Traveling north through the Red Jaw Wilds during early spring is quite the feat, and not too many people (coughs) would be able to survive something like that. Everyone who's gathered here in Silver Creek 
has started seeing that life here is significantly different than it is in Kaleno City. Kaleno City is the hustle and the bustle. You have, there is a, there is socioeconomic differences in Kaleno City. Some people have access to more resources and technology than others. There is, Kaleno City was never meant to support the population that it has. It was always supposed to be a temporary research site that has now become a city of 8,000 people. So folks, just like in a lot of societies, as they grow older and they become incapable of supporting that which they were growing because planning was not done or leadership was not leadershiping, people have fallen through the cracks and there is plenty of problems to go around. Not in Silver Creek. The community out here numbers a whopping 54 with maybe 14 families, lots of little dinos running around. It's well enough off the beaten path that it's conceivable you could spend months and months and months out here and never see a single person other than the members of the community. The perfect place to hide for those of you who wish to get away from Kaleno. However, your arrival to Silver Creek has been somewhat, I wouldn't call it relaxing. Incidents with a mega herd of trikes, saving a young child, getting a little scrutinized by some of the security, which was not as harsh as you might have been expecting. But now on the horizon has been spotted what looks like a very large storm. Storms are not unusual particularly in this time of year when the weather changes and temperatures shift, this happens quite often. But storms during the Cretaceous period could be pretty violent and could be somewhat on the devastating side, depending on how close you are to coastlines. Thankfully, Silver Creek is towards the Inland Sea and doesn't have to contend with a lot of the tropical storms that blow through or sometimes they do and right now on the horizon looks like it might be one of those rare instances now in our last chapter we had at least one of you zach had gone to red to the red jaw wilds in order to gain some altitude from the tops which is the watchtower that silver creek built during in the red jaw wilds Watchtower Tops is built up on one of the largest pines that overlook the tree lines that are near Silver Creek, giving you a beautiful display of the land. It's a little tricky to see the distant horizon, much easier to see Silver Creek and what surrounds it. But it was unmistakable, Zach. You could see what you kind of suspected. It looks like a pretty big storm is on its way in. And judging from the direction of the winds, it is definitely coming your direction. If you had to guess, being something a survivalist, Zach, the truth is, is Laramidia, which will one day be the west coast of North America, this is a strip of land out in the middle of this great inland sea. Which means even though you guys are far inland, you are not out of the threat zone should a hurricane or the remnants of one blow through here. However, you're not in Kaleno City, so you don't have the technology to detect what kind of storm this is. You literally have to wait until it's almost upon you to figure it out. But judging from the darkness you see outlining the mountains in the distance, this one's going to be bad. And Silver Creek, for all of its convenience, sadly, 
one of the things that makes it challenging living here is the fact that it is near a creek that rapidly becomes a great river during floods and has been a problem ever since Silver Creek was established. And that is the first thing going through your mind as you have been keeping an eye on what's coming your direction. Now, I'm going to go ahead and say that thankfully, because communications are open between Silver Creek and the tops, you were able to get a good look at what was happening and get word back to Silver Creek to let Silver Creek know of what you've seen. And it just so happens that you sending word back to Silver Creek is coinciding precisely with Joe, who also was able to, uh, Joe and Dahlia and- I think mostly, I think Clover was the one who- Yeah, was, and I Joe and Dahlia and Clover, because y'all had the access to essentially a dino drone to spot this up overhead using a, the technological advancement of being able to see what your pterosaur sees. So right now, Silver Creek has been alerted and the town is currently taking precautions. For those of you who are new to Silver Creek, you get the impression everyone has done this many times before. You see everyone from every adult of every age to children to the age of five who know exactly what to tie down and who are following their parents around, knowing what they needed to do. The rest of you, though, are feeling a bit lost as everyone is moving about, calling out to each other, passing buckets back and forth. Um, you also notice that it looks like some of these large canisters are being set down near one of the laboratories, near one of the entrances. It's unmistakable. You've seen them before because you've been in Kaleno City, but you see what looks like symbols on them that for putting out fires. Extinguishers, perhaps. But those have been lined up for people to have on the ready as well. Um, this is also the first time you have spotted a man that you've heard talked about number, a number of times, Michael Yen, who is sort of the dinosaur herder of Silver Creek. He is a 49-year-old he-they, dino researcher, dino biologist, expert farming dinosaur behavior, head of research, kind of does a little bit of everything. And they indeed are trying to coordinate everything. Those of you who have seen him, he's definitely assumed a leadership position. They're currently standing before a lot of people who are coming up to, what do you need next? Okay, and moving away. Michael himself looks like a man who's probably in about his, I'd say they're probably about maybe early 50s. They have that fine jet black hair that's got just the right amount of gray starting to sprout up right through their, uh, like the early roots of the front part. Asian gentleman that looks like he's probably, they've probably lived out here most of their lives, but there's something about them, Joe and Ozzy, that you two smell Kaleno on this guy. They are probably, they're probably old salt to Silver Creek, but may, they may not be originally from Silver Creek is the impression you're getting. There's just something about the exactitude. There's something city about them that the, that the two of you are kind of picking up on. That is where we begin today's game. Um, and it is also worth noting too, I just want to point this out to give you a little RP food, if I may. Um, but this is particularly for you, Clover. You as somebody who has lived on the edge of the wilds, not inside a, a protective city, but usually it's either underground or out in the wilds. You are also very familiar with these storms and what they can do. You didn't have to contend with them quite as much from where the butterflies made their base since where you were from originally is more of like a cave network. 
at the base of the mountains. And that is where we are going to begin. Yes, what's up, Cynthia? Could I use premonition on this location to see if how bad the hurricane's going to get for us? You should be able to do that. Now, what is premonition lets you basically use your exposure to time anomalies to try to see the future, essentially, correct? <laughs> kind of, yeah. Yeah? How does yep. that ability read in the so core book? Do you have it? You learn one random fact about a creature or location that is pertinent to a topic you designate. So location, yeah. Silver Creek. Yeah, easy enough. Hurricane. Um, alternately, you can choose to learn a creature's level. Okay, that doesn't pertain to us. If you do that's... so, you cannot learn anything else about it later with this ability. Wow, that's, that is, being able to learn a creature's level is super useful. <laughs> um, okay, what do you have to spend? Do you have to spend any points for that? Any intellect points or anything? Two intellect points. Okay, cool. If you have any edge, do you have an edge rating in your intellect? You have one? Then it only costs you one intellect point. Excellent. Spend one out of your pool. As everyone's moving around, Dahlia, you start focusing on your breath a little bit. It's always a little strange every time you decide to dip into that side of you that has that sensitivity to the ebbs and flows of time. There's no way to explain it to other people. You've tried numerous times to try to illustrate what it's like. There's really no words for it. You can try. The metaphors always come out disjointed and kind of difficult, or they elicit laughs from people who think, wait, how does that connect? It's been impossible. Instead, you focus more on the sound of the wind as it's picking up, the way it sounds as it roars through your ears, and how similar it is to your breath when you focus upon that. Your mind settles into the fact that they are one and the same, and when you find yourselves aligning to that, Around you, things seem to slow down for a moment. All you hear is your breath. There is a feeling of disconnect suddenly. This always the most terrifying part about using premonition. You are removing yourself for a moment. Not from just your body. No, that comes with you. For a moment, it feels like your entire being, just for a split moment, is not a part of the ebb and flow of time. You could almost describe it as feeling like somebody just completely tore free the tether that's keeping you from flying off into space. It only lasts a moment, and it always causes a spike of anxiety every time you feel it. Because in those brief moments, you are aware that your mind is seeing and hearing things that it cannot process as space-time around you begins to flow all at once. You have to focus on the subject of what brought you here in the first place, Silver Creek, storm, Silver Creek. You focus on the wind. You begin to feel the heat growing on your skin. A new sensation. The heat becomes somewhat uncomfortable, like you've been standing too close to a fireplace for too long and you've not been paying attention and now you need to move because your skin is hot. And then it gets hotter than that. Your impulse is to suddenly start rubbing your arm to put a fire out. And just as it starts to feel like perhaps there are in fact flames starting to lick across your skin, you <gasps> snap out of it. Everyone's moving around you like nothing has happened and the slight scent of burning pine is in your nose. Uh, yes. What do you have? 
Sam, Ozzy's got something. Do you know in Scooby-Doo when Scooby is scared and jumps into Shaggy's arms? <laughs> yes, I am familiar with that, yeah. Bruno's like 500 pounds, so he can't do that. But Dahlia, when you come to, guess who sure would try if he could? Beak chattering, trembling a little at the feathers, surely not scared, but maybe, maybe a little bit of there. No, 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 not on not the lap, not, not the lap, not, no, no, no. All right, fine. You accept the incoming bruises that you will no doubt have for the next two weeks as this multi-hundred pound <laughs> dinosaur leaps into your lap like they were a lap dog when they in fact stand taller than you. Um, it, it, the thick, heavy legs as they impact down onto your lap. It always causes a bit of a spike of anxiety for that brief moment where you're not sure if they're going to break something while they're standing on you. But Bruno immediately <sighs> settles in. <laughs> Anybody who is looking at you from afar watches you vanish underneath this raptor, <laughs> this, this, uh, this dino chicken, as it leaps up onto your lap. I want to make sure that I have, like, a padded something on my lap so that the claws don't, like, scratch into my legs. Okay. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I know. I know. I, yeah, yeah, it's scary. Um, Bruno, you're the only one who can listen to me, and nobody else is going to listen to me, but I had a... I had a vision again. And it was really, really hot. Like, burning hot. And it smelled like burning pine for some reason. Not that you actually understand what I'm saying, but, you know, no one else listens to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a lot of prr. It's a lot of prr shit, you know? Yeah. You should go play and with the others. back to like trying to climb into your skin. Just, oh. <laughs> I am not a storm, Bruno. Dear Lord. My, my big Bruno. Just, just come here. I need a hug. We both need hugs, I know. Bruno, hug. Yes. Fun, at, for funsies, I want you to roll for that. Uh, <laughs> roll me. Uh, difficulty is three. So make your animal handling check, as it were. I'm assuming that's me. That's definitely you. Um, so with a difficulty of three, you mean you need a nine or better before you spend any points. Uh, also, as again, a gentle reminder to my players, you have an enormous amount of story points unspent. Um, tonight... Yeah, I Everyone gets an automatic bonus story point from Wraith. Yay! <laughs> so, um, Thank you, Wraith. So spend as needed. Uh, help? I don't think I have animal handling on here. Um, what skills do you have? Because the thing here's the thing about Cypher System. Is Cypher System literally lets you take whatever skill you can think of. So if you, you can have all kinds of skills on there and sometimes, and, and trust me, this is something I've gotten really good at. Thank you, Bonnie, Gord. Um, but you can negotiate your skills if you think they might apply. So if you have something that has a relation to maybe 
handling it, handling a dino or a behavioral or anything like that, you might be able to make that play. If not, it's fine to just roll a d20 and hope to get a nine or better. Or you can spend effort. Um, how about I just roll a straight d20 because I don't have really anything that I can negotiate. Um, okay. I don't have much effort, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna try my luck. Okay, nope. Nine or better. Exactly nine. <laughs> exactly nine. Uh, Bruno seems to process the affectionate kind of the the symbol the the emotion you're giving them. They seem to process. They seem to understand, and they, in fact, they mimic. <laughs> with with and I think if we succeeded, maybe this is particularly the way that Dahlia said it sounds like a trick that you've worked with on <laughs> Bruno a little. So in response, he raises his wings and with his long neck, wraps it over your shoulder. So it's not that the wings are hug, uh, but I've, I've seen uh, uh, modern hell chickens do yes. a similar sort of thing. They just rest their neck over your shoulder. Um, I, 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 I yes. Thank you. Okay. Tremble, tremble. But brave. Do I get the sense that Bruno's scared? Bruno could never possibly be scared of the storm. Bruno's what are you saying? Why would he? Bruno, Bruno is all powerful. Bruno's leaning against. It's not a cuddle. Bruno's leaning against you in a way that. Have you? If you've ever had a dog lean against you when there are fireworks going off. Oh yeah. You, you will. You will note that it does not feel like an affection lean. It feels like a uh, save me. Holy fuck! I'm gonna die. I need to crawl into your skin and hide behind your flesh. I'm going to die. <laughs> That's my dog every 4th of July. <laughs> yeah. Punky, Punky was a cuddler, but man, when fireworks went off, it was a whole new level of uh, I am her meat shield at that point. Like, um, So yeah, you definitely get the impression Bruno is having anxiety for sure. Got it. Just like the I rest have... of us. Small story when the fireworks go off with my dog and I'm laying in bed, she'll literally crawl like right here on me. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what the mm -hmm. heck? Anywhere so body can fit will fit. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's maybe a less of a good look on a 500 pound hell chicken. Um, mm -hmm. but but I mean, put another way, isn't everything a good look? Yes, it's Bruno. On this 500 pound hell chicken. Yeah, Bruno, Bruno's pretty. I'm definitely not scared, but also maybe if you wanted to make this weird feeling go away that would be all right maybe all right maybe okay okay just gonna pet bruno like very okay. calming massage manner okay what is everyone else doing right now as the storm looms on the horizon confused and useless kind of just like standing near like one of the few areas we've been introduced to i think just like in near the front of the lab i don't know if ozzy has rejoined with joe at that point but it's just kind of like waiting to be like one be out of the way and two if given a task to attempt said task but otherwise okay. just like confused and feeling useless <laughs> yeah no one approaches you no one approaches to give you anything they just move past you sick yeah it, no it, so it, joe just stands there and waits <laughs> you, you do are you are going to make uh, at this point you do make eye contact with dahlia who looks like she is currently comforting a very large very spooked dino bird aliza what were you gonna ask oh i was gonna ask if this is continuous from last session or mm -hmm. is it the next day oh it's the same no it's continuous same okay. day yeah 
a little bit of a time jump like in the day it's not like we're not picking up exactly where we left right. off, okay. but like that that cool there, yeah. in that case i will have asked ozzy and joe where they bathed because they said before that they were able to bathe and i haven't gotten a chance to yet so i'll probably be there uh taking a bath there's like a 10 minute walk from silver creek is I huh? think, yeah it's just to the east it's literally down the, the banks yeah i'll head there with my my pterosaur okay Easy enough to do. Um, Ozzy will drift toward Joe, emotionally T-posing, not really <laughs> knowing what to do. <laughs> so they have these two, just like do 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 Or like you know when you're in some when you're a guest for someone's Thanksgiving. Yes. Yeah. And Very and much. you're like, can I help? And you're and they're like, no 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 no, you just relax. And you're just like, <laughs> yep. Yeah. Exactly. Um, if I do make eye contact with Dahlia, we, if we see Dahlia from here, I might be like. Oh, oh, I'll kind of like nudge uh, Ozzy a little bit. Uh, Bruno is making a pancake of our friend. Are we, do we think probably about the storm? Maybe? Probably about the storm. Really? Uh, is that, do they, do they know storm stuff? I don't know. Atticus what? has never You're really. science. Yeah. Uh, technological science. Bioscience. You work on Atticus. Do you not? Does Atticus get scared of storms? We don't really have to deal with big storms like this. He has a nice little indoor area uh, that he is, you know, has to himself for the most part. Uh, uh, to Atticus, like literally being like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> we've taken him out of his like lovely little home. <laughs> I mean, I no, I don't. I, that's big, big guess, but should we be doing, I've been waiting for someone to point something out to me, um, but at this point, I think we're just strangers enough that no one knows how to ask us uh, to, to do things because they don't know what we can do. And to be fair, I don't really know what I can do here either. So I'm just attempting to stay out of the way, I think is, is my current uh, move, but. Uh, we are in the middle of the town, so. Is there that might be in the way? And Joe I'll was, start like, to like, against the wall, but like, was like, okay, okay, just inch toward uh, uh, the incipient Dahlia cake, yeah, <laughs> kind of like a maybe Dahlia can tell us what we're supposed to be doing right now, sort of, or, or at least we we just bunk down and and hearse till this pass. Um, okay, you, you, you're pretty sure Dahlia's underneath that. Yeah, we can see arm. You, every arm every now and then, yeah, you see, you see a, a what looks like a piece of Dahlia emerge before it is once again swallowed whole. Um, you approach her and um, just lots of muffled sounds <laughs> underneath Bruno at the moment. But Dahlia, you definitely <laughs> sense you definitely sense their approach. Are you in need of assistance, Dahlia? Oh, I'm just I'm just merging with Bruno. Everything's fine. Everything's not fine. Everything's going to be on fire. Every like pine oh. fire. Hi. 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 Bruno, Hi. up, up, up. Up, 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 up. <laughs> up. Come on. I know. I know. It's not like an up, it's like a roll to the side to maintain <laughs> the physical contact. Compromise. With mama. 
but uh, allow for basic pulmonary function, maybe perhaps. Uh, and and now I think maybe just a little a little long neck stole <laughs> around. Everything's gonna be on fire on purpose, or it. Oh, you're muted. Oh, muted. <laughs> Harder muted, maybe. Dun dun dun. Nope, can't hear you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, Bruno. Jeez. Bruno would never use. You would have there. there you go. Now there, you. Yeah. I do not know what happened there. <laughs> um, basically, Bruno messed it up. Damn it, cool. Bruno. <laughs> um, no, you just you just hear Dahlia be like, "No, hot fire, pine, really hot fire." Oh, pine. is this one of those things? Hmm? What? what is it? Is this one of your things? Is that is that why I'm confused? Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, what do we do in that case? Not be near pine. And I look at <laughs> tree, tree foliage in the area. Like, uh, is no, what are the, are the buildings here made of? Like wood or are these? Definitely, like, there are yeah, definitely okay. the, a majority of the buildings here are made of wood. Yes. Then, then Joe just kind of like looks around us. I don't foresee that being an easy task while also sheltering from incoming storm. When we Plan found Tezen, was was that what kind of trees were in the that bit of the Red Jaw Wild? Are they redwoods? Who are you? Uh, 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 Eric. Eric, question. Uh, yeah, no. The Red Red Jaw Wilds has a uh, obviously a incredible variety of huge ancient trees, but yes, there are what would probably be the Cretaceous equivalent of large pines in that forest. Yes, for sure. Mixed in with other things, uh, other great trees long since extinct in our time period. Have you ever heard of pine? Yes. It's a... You long for something, yeah. Okay. That too. That's not what we're referencing, is it? Because if it is, I need to reconfigure. No, it's a, it's a smell. It's a um, very, like, foresty smell. But, like, sweet smell. And then also mixed with fire, it has this like smoky. Have you ever heard of these things called like cigars? It had back. Dahlia, as, as you ask that, your voice suddenly sounds like it's echoing in a hallway. Did you hear that? And that too sounds like you're talking down a hallway. Your voice echoes back at you. Does anybody hear this? Nobody knows what she is talking about. And nobody hears what she is hearing. <laughs> and as you say, does anybody hear this? You hear, it's not so much of an echo, but now it sounds like you're, it sounds even more disjointed. Like as you say it, you don't hear it for a full second. And then it sounds like it's being spoken to you from in front of your face. Yeah, Dahlia backs up into Bruno, like... As you back up, a wave of nausea suddenly washes over you as the world begins to spin slightly. 
Anybody who is standing near her does not need to make a roll to see her eyes suddenly start showing signs that she is... You see, you see her pupils, the way they dilate. You just see her start to kind of like stumble back a little bit. And it looks like her eyes are fighting not to roll into the back of her head as she starts losing her balance. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Wide berth on Bruno's side so I don't get snapped at and will kind of like arm uh, around Dahlia's waist to give like a don't fall over. Do we need to go? Everything slows down, Dahlia. Like it did when you were using premonition. You do didn't, I see you anything? Didn't, you didn't do this on purpose this yeah, time. No. Um, you feel a sudden sense of that dis- that detachment again. Except for this time it doesn't it doesn't feel like you. It feels like the world around you is coming with you. It doesn't feel like you are being untethered. It feels like the entirety of Silver Creek is just being pulled up and detached for a split second. Am I in a time situation? You have no idea. You are so disoriented. If you would like to try and put piece things together, I'll let you make an intellect check. I would like to do that, please. So I would say uh, make a check, and I'm going to set the difficulty at four. So you would need a 12 or better on a d20, unless you spend effort or spend a story. Uh-huh. 16. You, you have story points too. Okay, cool. 16 is going to succeed. Um, it is definitely related to some kind of time shenan because the detachment is the dead giveaway. The, the nausea and everything that rushes over you, it just makes it hard to find out what it is you're experiencing. But that detached feeling, that's something you only feel when you're using your premonition abilities. The only time you tap into the time stream except for it's always invoked. You've never experienced it without. Yeah. It's like it is using you this time. So I'm gonna ask something of Bruno. Bruno has Temporal Hunter. Your companion has an enhanced ability to locate time anomalies. Could I potentially tap in, or Bruno can tap in to see if this is a time anomaly? I'll let you ask Bruno to do that. It's gonna take another roll to get Bruno to do that. And I'm because of your condition, I'm setting the difficulty it increased at four. Okay. So now is another perfect time to bring up the fact that you have point. story I'm points. I'm going to use a story <laughs> point. Thank you, Wraith. That's going to be one story point. No pressure, Bruno. You got this. Okay, so roll to see if Bruno... What's my difficulty? Three now? Uh, difficulty is now three. Either nine or better. Nineteen. 19 will succeed. Minor effect, baby. Um, Bruno, you get the impression from... Bruno is getting the impression exactly what she wants you to do. All of the rest of you who are seeing this, as she's giving a command to Bruno, her speech, all of it, sounds like a chorus. It sounds like there are 20 Dahlias speaking at the same time. It's not louder. It just sounds like there are 20 of her talking in the exact same moment. Bruno! Mom wants you to do something. You know, you, mom wants you to smell, smell for time anomalies. Uh, that is the Bruno skill. Bruno yes, is trained. Yes. Um, so go ahead and make a roll, Bruno. That's going to be um, uh, difficulty two on this one. Okay. Uh, the training knocks it down by mm-hmm. one. Down to one. Do you need three or better, Bruno? Do I get an asset for being pretty? Um, 
I'd give you one. No, 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 I'm afraid not. This is the cruel world. I will world. remember that. This is the you. cruel world of the Cretaceous <laughs> period. Well, I got an 18 anyway, so I am pretty. The dice told me I'm pretty. So Bruno's putting their beak under the arm. Okay. Through the arm, wrapping around. What does, what does, what do my Sense, Bruno senses Sensing have? time anomalies? For Bruno, none of these bipeds would truly understand. These smaller, little, unusual-looking, short-necked bipeds would never understand. For you, it's, for Bruno experiences them as almost like a vibration. The way some animals can hear things that others can't. For you, it's just a sense of something nearby. It's easy to spot for you because it just doesn't feel like anything else. The same way that like animals react to things that just feel completely unnatural. Bruno, you're able to sort of hone in on that. Um, your instinct is to go off and look for one because that's what happens. You're kind of, go, find, and you dart off to find. Instinctively, following the command, Bruno, you take five steps and come to a stop. And then you find yourself instinctively, sniffing out the time anomaly, turn back and look directly at your mum. She feels like one. Bruno walks back to Dahlia, bows his head, and presses the top of it into her chest. Um, I'm going to have you roll again, Cynthia, because this is a new behavior from Bruno. Oh, Shiza Manelli. Yeah, so I'm going to once again set the difficulty at four on this one. And if Can you... I use a story point again? Yes, you can. It won't be Wraiths this time because that's going to go to somebody else. But this one is going to be from our dear friend and one of our oldest supporters. Thank you, Kato. Oh, thank you. AKA Kato. AKA. I mean, yeah, you can use this. You can use a story point. But can I use Shiza Manelli? <laughs> 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 I always say that everyone gets tripped out by it, but I, you know, I'm a huge Liza, love Liza, it Liza fan. Yeah. Uh, 15, by the way. 15, okay. Uh, it, it's a new behavior. You're not sure what to make of this. Also, you are really disoriented right now, so it takes you a full moment. Like, like, a, like a day of, like, like an evening of bad drinking, and then all of a sudden you realize someone's got their hand on your shoulder, and it takes you a second to sort of Oh, uh, what? Sorry? Like, it takes you a moment to realize that what's being pressed against you is not only Bruno, but this is, this is unusual. You get the impression Bruno's basically doing their pointer behavior that you have trained them to do when the time anomaly is nearby. You get Bruno, no, not you... me. It's not me. It's me? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> That's basically what you hear from Dahlia. <laughs> Keep in mind the the rest of you who are who are nearby are seeing and hearing all of this as it's being pointed out. It can't be me. I'm I'm I i do not like I haven't done this. Like I didn't travel. I didn't. Am I still here? 
I, like I say, I say that to Joe. <laughs> I can, in fact, see and hear you. Uh, and Joe kind of like stunt, like stiltedly reaches out, but then like just like pats at your shoulder. Is she, in fact, physically still in front of me? Uh, yes. Uh, yes. However, I can see, hear, and feel you. However, as you make contact with her, you see your hand suddenly lights up like somebody stuck a flashlight underneath the palm of your hand. And how oh. you used to do that when you were a kid? You would like look in close, you could see your veins. It was really cool. Think of that magnetized by two. Your hand slowly starts to become the color of amber as it feels like light is sort of racing through it. Uh... You have experienced this maybe once before, but as it's happening, you find your breath catching in your throat, Joe as you suddenly start having flashing images of distant landscapes, distant time periods, voices. She rips her hand away. Rips her hand away. <laughs> you pull your hand away as quickly as possible. Um, do me a favor. Um, roll me a six-sided die. <laughs> While that's happening, I saw in chat Shiza's with a Z, like Liza. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just letting you know. Five. Five. Uh, okay. Uh, on a five, please roll me a d10. A d10? Oh my gosh. Oh, I do have one ready. Hold on. Two. Two. Okay, stand by. Is it divided up? Okay. Mm -mm. Oh, interesting. Um, roll me a d6. Oh, God. Blast so many dice. One. One. Okay, so record that. Record okay. the one. You feel power starting to flow into your veins. All of you see this amber-colored glow begin to arc up Joe's arm and pulsate inside of her chest for a second. You just see this flash. You gain a cipher. You feel this energy and this power coursing through your DNA and encoding itself on you as this strange otherworldly energy begins to embed itself into your very genetics. You gain Nessium. Okay. Interestingly enough, though, what's curious about cipher engagement inside of predation is you do not have to... It, artifacts you have... Typically in cipher system, when you come across a cipher, you have to identify it. You have to somehow figure out what it is. In predation, it encodes itself into your DNA and functions like an ability that you can simply activate for that many times. So you have gained the ability for a one-time use. Wipes the user's memory clean of a recent error, stressful situation, or otherwise negative experience, giving them a temporary feeling of euphoria. It adds one intellect edge for 10 minutes. The memory typically does not return. So you can give yourself an extra point of edge to your intellect, but it will wipe a memory forever if you use it. Holy shit. It's only recent memories. It's nothing like long-term or anything like that. And it's, it says specifically it is a stressful memory 
recent error or otherwise negative memory that you have is wiped and you experience a moment of euphoria when it activates. Wild. <laughs> Eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. Um, and you said this has, I have encountered something like this before. This is not completely foreign to me. So I ciphers, understand what a cipher is. Time, time anomalies, the way to gain ciphers and predation is actually interacting with time anomalies. What happens is, is coming into physical contact with them will allow you to absorb ciphers through it. Now, there's a lot of theories, and you guys would all be privy to this. The thing is, nobody understands why this happens. There are theories that humanity in the future is trying to restart time travel and they're attempting to make contact with the past and they're sending these ciphers as a way of attempting that. That's one theory. The other theory is that you are simply interacting with a time anomaly that is potentially dangerous. But no one has suffered any long-term negative effects from, from interacting with time anomalies beyond the psychological shock of interacting with a moment of time where time is colliding with other moments of time. However, those moments, Joe, you've seen time anomalies before. They're studied in Kaleno City extensively. Mm -hmm. Time anomalies appear as an environmental yeah. manifestation. I've not ever seen or heard of it being an individual. Nothing, nothing in all of the studies and all of the encounters of time anomaly would indicate that it was even possible for it to be another individual. And the ramifications of what that could mean that someone has somehow become one or is the host of one, it's there's no data. It's completely unknown what that would do to somebody. Um, I would say that uh, Bruno's assessment of the situation seems to be correct. What do we do about that? Not my area of study. Dahlia? Huh? What? Yeah, what? I believe you are, in fact, somehow embodying or cross-sectioning in some capacity with the time anomaly. I think Bruno is correct. Um, it can't be, though. I agree, but it is. So, do you, what do we do? Should we get somebody to help? I don't know the facilities here well, or the people who could be of assistance, so y you have to tell us how to help you. I don't know. I've never, I've, um, this has never happened to me. <laughs> it's not supposed to be me. It's supposed to be out there. It's, it's not me. It can't be me. Presently, it seems like it is. So. I need to sit down. Maybe, maybe let's take you home. I'll go, or, I'll go get someone. Okay, okay. Let's maybe oh. get you, you dash out off. Of, yeah, yeah. Okay. How far is Delia's like home from this far. Silver Creek is not a very large settlement. Yeah, okay. So we'll. Quick walk. Yeah, we'll, we'll take our quick walk we'll get one arm over uh uh bruno and one arm over joe and we'll um okay make um, sure she stays upright on her way back to her house as you touch her again oh god <laughs> i forgot i forgot <laughs> you wrap her arms around you again you immediately feel a, a overwhelming sense of nausea 
and you begin to feel uh, the ground around you start to shift and turn. You think your eyes are playing tricks on you, but you see a lot of the tall grasses that sprout up from the dirt that are in front of you start to lay out flat and turn into metal right in front of you. It looks smooth and segmented, like it was constructed. You see what looks like wire and circuitry work starting to move through it. And as you step down on it, it makes a hollow noise, like it's, like it's made out of plastic. I am once again very dizzy. Um, let's go. <laughs> okay. You glance okay. over at Dahlia. Dahlia looks like suddenly she might be in her approaching her maybe her hundred and twentieth year. Her hair is grayed. Her eyes look slightly milked over, but she's wearing different clothes as well. You see laugh lines across her face, and her skin just looks like it has been worn by time. Joe just I'm like still turns pretty, up. Hmm? I'm still pretty though. Of course. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Joe turns it. like a full look to her and says, "I don't like this." <laughs> you hear Joe talking to you from down a hallway, but you don't what? see her. What? 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 What did you say? I don't like this. You don't trust this? That too. It's unusual to see elderly Dahlia talking to you with the voice of the Dahlia that you know. It has a bizarre effect like they called in a teenager to ADR an elderly person in a film. It kind of just seems a little odd as you're glancing at her. Also, she doesn't seem to be looking in your direction. She seems to be trying to listen like she's hearing you from far away. Can I move us forward? Like, yes, you move yeah, across the metal, yeah. plastic-sounding floor. Your footsteps ringing hollow every time you approach. You think you're hearing gunfire in the distance, cannon fire, perhaps loud thunders. You're not entirely sure, but it sounds like report from maybe a large artillery piece and someone who has seen some of the historical documents left behind. At Kalino City? That's the only way you would recognize what that might sound like. I think she doesn't understand what this is, how this could be happening, and any of that. And it is just so overwhelming that she just, I think, just closes her eyes and starts and just keeps walking and kind of has a moment of like, She's not good with dinos, but dinos are good with their people, and Dahlia is Bruno's people. And so, theoretically, Bruno knows way home. And so, Joe is taking her job right now as walk forward. Um, it's gone. And she closes her eyes? It's that sudden. <laughs> like it never was. Both of you. It's just gone. <sighs> Two of you are holding each other for a second. I think closing your eyes helps. Although it is worth noting, Dahlia, your eyes were not closed when it blanked away. <laughs> yeah, did, um, I, okay. Um, I had my eyes open the whole time. Oh, and I open my eyes and it does not come back? <laughs> no. You don't experience it. It's just gone. I don't like that. I'm sorry. Like, I actually was the one who triggered this. Well, I didn't say that. I'm just stating the fact that I did not enjoy that at all. And she kind of like puts, like pulls your arm out and back and goes like a more of like a hooked arm. Like, are you okay to walk? 
I think so, but hold, hold, hold on, hold on. Um, I'm going to look at Bruno, and I'm going to try to get Bruno to do Temporal Hunter again. Okay. Um, I want to see if it left me. Because there was a minor effect, I'm not going to let you, I'm not going to ask you to roll again. And instead, okay. Bruno, you, you get the command. <laughs> you know how to do that. That's something you can do. There's nothing, though, so that's going to be awkward. There's nothing. You, I mean, clearly somebody senses something, but you, Bruno, <laughs> you, however, um, you find yourself walking in a small circle and then coming to a stop as not as easy as it was last time. Jump, jump. Here? Here? Can, is it here? No, it's not this. Okay. Okay. I, I, I know that look. Stomp, I know stomp. this look. I know this pattern. It's stomp, stomp. There's one nearby? Okay. I get that look. I understand that look. That is stupid Dahlia look. Got it. Okay. We're going to cut to... <laughs> in mid power bar bite as you're having a conversation with Tara <laughs> your feet dangling over the sides of the tops Zach Vecker approaches the two of you and it, you, you immediately know why he's approaching you because everyone hears it at the same time this incredibly loud sharp echoing snapping sound it sounds if it was a twig in the woods that would be one thing this sounds like a tree trunk just broke in half you hear it echoing and then you can hear the loud groaning whine of a tree dying as it falls smashing through a bunch of the other branches and crashing into the forest floor you don't get a sight of where it is but it echoes throughout the wilds Everybody is quiet for a moment, listening, waiting for the next sound. And Zekker goes, yeah, that. I was coming over here to tell you that. I am informed. We're going to be able to hold off to first light? Uh, I don't know. Well, we better, because... If we go out at night, well, I don't have to tell you. Yeah. Yeah, let's, um, let's wait it out, I guess. He squats down. Tara pulls herself up on the railing and starts looking out, leaning over a little bit. She moves around the other side of the trunk of the tree, starts trying to watch the side that no one else is watching. If you'd like to make a roll, you can. Yeah, I like to. Uh, I'm I'm gonna use two intellect points here for discover okay. dinos. Okay. 
Um, I'm going to scour the area within a long range, searching for any signs of current or recent dinosaur activity. If there was or is a dinosaur in this area, I discover its level, general type, as well as any additional uh, facts the GM feels was pertinent about the creature. And yes, I will be using the story point, mainly because I just like shout out the Ox Crew. <laughs> yes, indeed. Shout outs to Ox Crew are always a lot of fun. Uh, this is going to be your Wraith story point. All okay. right. Okay. Let's see. Thank you very much, Wraith. Here we go. I rolled before I got the 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 target number. Whoops. But uh, uh, I'll tell you the target number now. So okay. You don't, tell, you don't don't tell me what you rolled yet. Okay. Uh, but the uh, target number for this is. Wait, wait. You're using an ability, right? Oh yeah. I don't have to. You roll. don't. You have to roll. So 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 yeah. sorry. <laughs> no no no. Just spending the points. You don't have to roll it. Just it's a thing you do. All right. There goes my intellect points. I'm dumber now. <laughs> uh, no, you don't have to spend the intellect point. Um, but here's what I'll do. If you're going to spend mm -hmm. that story point, what I'll do is I'll treat it like you rolled a critical success. Oh, then heck yeah. Let's freaking go. I'll give you I'll give you extra information. Yeah. Um, All right. So you take a stand for a moment. You just kind of lean, sit up, stiffen up a little bit. And you get the impression Zekker knows that you're kind of in the zone and he gets quiet and watches you. And then he squats down low and kind of moves out of your way and just watches you. And you glance out into the woods and then move kind of opposite of Terra. Bring yourself up to the railing. Down below is a dizzying fall of over 100 feet down to the forest floor. You listen closely. Your instinct is starting to grow that you think you know what this might be, considering the time of year... Considering the power of the trees around here, the height, you listen closely. Don't hear it again. Start replaying the sound in your mind and you start putting some facts together. The number of the, the sounds, the popping, it sounds like a tree, like one of these great tree trunks is being snapped in half. And slowly it starts clipping in. You've lived in Silver Creek all your life. You know the wilds so well you know the creatures that move through here the ones that make their habits you know their migrations you know everything so you listen for the telltale sounds you think are going to answer your questions and sure enough after a few moments of you staying quiet you hear it where others don't because your trained ear as a hunter and somebody who lives out here you hear the low thunderous the sort of like deep baritone almost moo as it were the sauropods that move through here, sometimes the trees are too big for them. And they'll just use their breastbone to put all 30 tons of their weight against the tree and snap it in half to drop it to the forest floor. Your guess is there's probably a herd of sauropods nearby. They're literally breaking trees in half to eat them. However, Zekker and Terra are on full alert thinking that there might be a big predator moving through here. You, of course, find this somewhat humorous, Zach. There is not a predator alive that has the capacity to snap a tree in half. It would have to be a sauropod. <laughs> Nothing is that big <laughs> that's a predator. You just kind of watch them on alert, looking around. Zekker looking back to you, looking to see if he's going to get an answer. Tara, it's not a trike. Can you tell me why? And he's just going to, like, he's kind of teaching. Gotcha, like, gotcha. Here's yeah. why it's not this. 
here's why it's not that. So if we take that into consideration, we should be um, listening for. It's not a trike. No. Why would it? Oh. Oh, okay. Um, trikes are currently in heat right now. That means there's a great number of them. That means that we would be hearing much more noise than we're hearing now. So we can rule out trikes. What's trikes next? <sighs> um. I, oh, 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 um, um, Sauropod. Sauropod, she looks over at Zekker, and Zekker kind of nods and goes, yeah, well, of course it is. As he smiles at the two of you, indicating he clearly gets that he didn't know what it was. He's like, no, of course. <laughs> I'm glad, I'm glad this was a teachable moment for both of you. I'm glad I could have you up here and teach you a thing or two. I learned so much from you. Thank you. Uh, let me ask you this, though, my friend. You don't think they might be coming towards the tops, do you? Because, frankly, I, I like your idea of building sort of a treehouse that expands across all the trees. It sounds lovely, and it would be a shame if one of these big boys decided to wander over here and knock us over. Uh, also, there's the falling to our deaths thing. <laughs> uh, Zach is actually going to go in his bag and take a ration and put it in front of him. Okay. Uh, it, and then he's going to take two more rations and walk like a little bit further away and put it down and okay. go, which one would you grab? Uh, the one that's easiest to get to, personally. The one that's ah. right in front of you. Taking down this tree would probably give them more food, thus the two rations, but it's more difficult. They've already begun feasting on a tree that's easier to take down, so I don't feel that there's anything for us to worry about just yet. But these are these are creatures, and each one of them is an individual. There is no certainty, but from what I've seen and from what I understand, I don't think that we're in any greater danger than we always are here. Ah, good, good. You're um, you're doing good today, Zach. Yeah, you're doing all right. I'm going to give you a good grade today. <laughs> Thank you. Please yeah. be sure to to let the folks back at the creek know. Yeah. <sighs> I'm worrying about this storm. The flooding could be a problem. I know the folks back home know about the storm coming. I just, I'm ready for first light. We should make sure that we're ready for first light. Tara moves back to your side of the tree. You see she's eating one of the bars that you placed down on the other side and she squats <laughs> down again and just goes, you want a chance to run back? Absolutely not. By myself, perhaps, but with you, huh. we, we'll wait. Huh. Okay. How's your weapon? Is it intact? She nods. Oh, yeah. Present it. She reaches over and you see her pull out this glaive. Just lays it across her lap. Uh, 
Is there any way I could test if it's been ma- maintained well? Like, I'm looking for, like, if it, she sharpens sure. it every day, she cleans it every day. Yeah. Um, yes, it looks like she, it looks like you, you only have to glance at this to see that um, she it looks like she applies sort of the prehistoric equivalent of linseed oil to the wood to keep it nice and smooth and keep the wood strong. Um, the blade itself looks completely clean. One of the things that you definitely have to look out for here at Silver Creek is if you don't maintain the blades, they will start collecting rust. But also some of these some of these blades, particularly this one, um, some of it looks like it's made out of some of the same alloy that was brought here from another time. This alloy does not rust. Whatever it's made <laughs> up from, it simply does not, it simply does not seem affected by the environment. Hers, however, she continues to clean it though. So it does look well maintained. It's, it might have a few things on it that it doesn't necessarily need, but it's not necessarily a bad thing. Like she's got feathers tied around it. I know like raptor feathers that she has captured. She's tied those around like the base of where the glaive is. Um, also a couple of beads that she's made. She's kind of personalized it a little bit. There might be a tooth or so, maybe a small tooth or so, just like dangling off the side of it. It's certainly helpful in battle. But Zach, if I can be honest with you, your instinct is like, it's good in battle if you have to fight someone. Sure, it looks great. But that's something that if you are not familiar with the weapon you are carrying, could give you away if you are sneaking around and that tooth clatters against the shaft of your glaive. You could easily alert somebody that you are nearby if she is not careful. So it's not really a hunting weapon, but that's something that draws your eye. I think he's just going to like hold it and then like hit the pole so that the stuff rattles. It makes a sound. She watches that and says, I use a bow when I'm trying to sneak. You know that. The material does it. You're just picking on me now. You make it so easy. I'm nervous. This helps me ease my nerves. Preparation. Her smile falls away. She gets very serious after that and just nods to you. Zekker also is a fellow survivalist. The confession that you're a little nervous, his humor also falls away and he nods and looks out into the woods. And the three of you go back to listening. Zach, you do hear some other sounds rustling in the treetops. You already know who that is, though. Um, <laughs> yeah. okay. Circling around and making their way back again and again and again is a very large pterosaur that likes to check in <laughs> on you before going out hunting a little bit. I think at some point he just holds up a ration to just be snatched. Yeah. You're... Your pterosaur, the thing is, is like the, the woods are very difficult to fly through for a pterosaur, but man, the hunting is good. Lots yeah. of little fuzzy mammals and little bitty micro dinos that are running around through here that'll just go down in one gulp. <laughs> just give a little scritch, you know. I think he's just gonna, it's, it's almost like he's saying it, he's mainly saying it to himself, but Tara might take it like yeah. as though he's talking to himself, but he's just going. First light, we have to move quickly. We might be trying to outrun a storm. We are going to be trying to outrun a storm. Fast, but still quiet. Quiet, but still fast. It's coming from that direction. We're going to have to literally run towards the storm to beat it to Silver Creek. 
question okay, because yeah. we never actually talked about this. Is Kim like? Can you ride? Kim, can we? Oh. Can we dragon ride? Uh, not no. yet. Not yet. Okay. Okay. Not yet. Did no. you say I was like I didn't even talk about Kimmy, that? Kimmy's like, okay. pretty big. You yeah. could probably ride Kimmy to the forest floor in a glide, and that Ooh. landing will be rough as hell. But you could do that. <laughs> yeah, would risky. <laughs> but, uh, no, Kimmy's not. When Kimmy gets full grown, Kimmy could probably carry two people. Holy well, so we'll look into that ability. <laughs> I mean, that that pterosaur literally will get. They that pterosaur will literally stand almost a few inches taller than a large T Rex. They are enormous. In fact, the wonderful documentary uh, Prehistoric Earth actually displays a scene in which a pterosaur challenges a T Rex for a kill. Yeah, I love that, and it's a really amazing scene. Oh, T-Rex tries to stand up, and then a second one shows up, and the T-Rex yeah, and then a second like, nope, pterosaur shows up, and the T-Rex is like, "Nope, <laughs> no, nope. absolutely not." I'll be back later. Okay. <laughs> I'm wait till y'all have this. Uh, yeah, it's it's a great. Yeah, Terra literally just like apex predators of the sky. They when, when that when Kimmy gets big, Kimmy is going to be the size. When I grow of an up. F- <laughs> Kimmy will be the size. Kimmy will probably Early be the size of an F-16. I can't. I'm sorry. I love that this is just a dinosaur pose today. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's I'm true. all being. What do you want from me? <laughs> um, uh, Zach is going to hand back the glaive. Uh, and whenever he hands back anybody's weapon, he always says the same thing, which is only if it's necessary. Um, and then it's just going back to listen. Okay. And um. Yeah, he's going to actually, as he's sitting and listening, he's going to do maintenance on his weapons. Okay. Um, the three of you keep quiet. Not a lot of banter at this point. The training has paid off for everybody here. Everyone's just listening. The one thing the three of you are tracking, including Kimmy, is the trees are making more noise than usual. Indication that the wind is starting to pick up a little bit. Um, and the, the, that's not anything particularly unusual, except for you can hear it all around you, which tells you that the trees across the forest of Red Jaw Wilds are all getting a little bit of a gust. And it fills the three of you with a sense of foreboding. Like, the storm is already flirting with everyone, even though it's probably a few miles out still, and maybe, probably not going to arrive until morning time. But the skies grow darker. There will be no stars tonight. It's going to be a really good plan to not move about on the forest floor. There is one predator in particular who is really good at hunting at the forest at night. There is a theropod that has the largest eyes of any bipedal walking predator on the planet. Its name is T-Rex, and it's really good at hunting at night. Um, You keep an eye on the forest floor as you hear more cracking sounds eventually off in the distance and the three of you decide to just pull up for the night uh zecker does send a quick message to silver creek letting them know that you guys are going to be camping out here and you do get a you do get a reply from uh skystone who basically gives the roger on that and keeps y'all posted um with that the three of you are you see vecker as everyone is laying down um, you see him pull out this long strip of what looks like uh, weathered dinosaur, like a belt, 
like this strip of leather basically pulls it out. And he moves over to one of the large poles and he goes, all right, I only do this when I'm by myself up here. But if Should you I turn away? Story, what's that? No, no, no. <laughs> I like it when you watch. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm telling you, if you're going to fall asleep, tie yourself to something. Right? Very simple. I don't have to be a tree trunk or anything like that. You can, tie, you can use one of the um, one of the base poles over here. I always tie myself to something. Uh, not because I'm necessarily scared that something's going to make me, like, I'm going to roll off the thing. But it has happened on occasion when we don't have a friend pterosaur up here, that something might try to snag you in the middle of the night and leave with you. It gives you a fighting chance if you're tied to something. You see Tara's eyes widen at that. She leans over and she says, is he fucking with us or is that for real? It's for real. Welcome oh, to the job. <laughs> Each of you begins to bed down for the night, get it ready for the long sleep. Um, but off in the what? distance, as the sun starts to set, Zach, you can see, without having to make any perception checks, you can see through the tree line, the brilliant actinic flash that almost burns into your retina as an after image of lightning in the distance and the distant roll of thunder. And that is gonna be where we stop for our break. <laughs> oh boy, Kimmy's definitely making grumbly sounds about it anytime. <laughs> yeah, pterosaurs <laughs> usually, pleased. yeah, like any flying creature, hole up and wait. Or fly away is probably the instinct, flying the opposite direction of oncoming storm. Um, we're going to take a 10 minute break. We'll see you all here. Please enjoy the Dino Facts in the meantime. We'll see you back in about 10 minutes. Dino Facts! Now, a quick message during the break. To help us continue producing shows like this, consider supporting Althaven on Ko-Fi. Your contributions keep the Haven alive. And if you're not already part of our vibrant community, join us on Discord. It's the best way to stay updated on upcoming shows and events. Hi, everybody. Yeah. He didn't count us in because he was muted. <laughs> so we're just like, are we are we back? Are we doing? <laughs> Thank you, just Jake. Airdropped. <laughs> there was a there was a moment when uh, who was it that did that uh, at GNS when we were just like uh, and going live uh, now and it just went <laughs> live without like counting. I remember I can't remember who did that. But it was really funny because of course I thought it was hilarious, but the host didn't think it was funny. Um, all right. Uh, let's go ahead and jump back into where we left off. Uh, where we last left off is you guys were looking at the storm ominously approaching. So we're going to pick up um, in the evening. Sun has set. Darkness has swallowed up the land. It is a starless night indeed. And the only lights that are really shining are the lights here in Silver Creek. Um, a lot of them are powered by the, uh, the plasma core that is underneath the central medical bay that silver creek is built around essentially molina's hub so a lot of the lights here do not require flame or anything like that again much like Kalino city it is an amalgam of rudimentary technology and highly advanced technology however the moisture in the air and the mild fog that's kind of blowing through here right now the lighting here almost has that foggy gas lamp glow to it it's a little unusual 
for this time of year to be sure, especially if the storm is blowing in. But you guys, the moisture has just increased dramatically. The air has become very heavy. Every now and then, from outside the walls of Silver Creek, you can hear the gust suddenly pick up and move the grass, just whispering in hushed tones across the tall grass. Um, a few of the animals, especially the smaller ones, I wouldn't say are scared, but they're agitated. They have a sense that's, that a storm is coming, as animals do. And a few of them have this instinct to run for cover. Instead, being inside of Silver Creek, they are running indoors. They'll run out of somebody's uh, domicile and into another one. Kind of like, kind of like a pup that can't decide which, which roommate it wants to sleep with that night. Uh, instead, you see a lot of the smaller animals kind of moving about uh, in an agitated fashion. Um, the rest of you all who are still up at this hour cannot help but look at the distant dark horizon in the opposite direction towards the Red Jaw Wilds, where you know one of your friends has journeyed off to. You guys don't know Zach that well, but Zach seems like a solid, solid Joe who also kind of helped save everyone's life and get everybody back to Silver Creek. You know he left sometime early in the afternoon. He hasn't been seen since. No one seems panicked, though, so you don't have any cause to be. But you have to wonder if Zach's going to make it back before the storm hits. Would anybody like to do anything in the evening before getting some sleep? What's up, Dahlia? I'd like to see if I could do another premonition just to check on Zach. Okay. You're going to do that. Where's everybody else? Ozzy, did you have a, you had a mission? Or do you? Um, I did, but I'm figuring it out in context. So where Joe is would be helpful and informative. Um, I think Joe would have brought Dahlia home. And then in absence of any other instructions would have probably just stayed unless Dahlia had any insight on what would be useful for her to be doing right now. Otherwise she's just hanging out. Stay with me. <laughs> That's where I am then. I have questions and I don't know who in town I should go to to ask them because I don't know people here, which is weird. <laughs> um... Uh, maybe I could ask, uh, maybe Malia, no, I'm sure she's working on Storm stuff, um, not Piper, um, maybe, yeah, maybe Michael Yun, maybe someone's Sadi. well, I, I should probably meet anyway. Um, is it late enough in the evening that he's at home or are people still out and about? Like, I'm just looking to see if I can maybe run into him. The uh, one who had the sati sort of flavor to him, Michael oh, Yen. Oh, 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 you're talking about Michael Yen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, everybody, anybody who is in a leadership position is still moving about. 
And at any time during the day, you'll be able to see them. You can wait as late or as early as possible before you. Okay, we were already evening, so I wasn't sure if we were sure. Oh yeah, you can really need to rewind. No, no, easy enough if you wanted like to see to have a scene with Michael. But yeah, if you would like to approach him, um, when you do approach him, he is working on what looks like this hard light holographic uh, projector of sort of a data pad. It is the one thing that lights up with sharp image in front of you here in the middle of the night as he's working on it. Um, You see, it, it looks like storm models as spinning around in three-dimensional shape and he's just moving them about the device looks like it has the capability of scanning the surrounding area you're not sure what the range on it is but it looks like he's trying to build a model of the storm as it's coming through he's collecting data he's up near the wall a little bit away from a lot of the guards he doesn't seem to notice you as you approach do you have sensors in the surrounding area to build that model or is it just local he glances up and goes oh um no this is the sensor he holds it up this can do it. It doesn't require any it doesn't require a network or a net of information or sensor technology at all. It sends out pings and actually hones in on the ionization in the clouds. It can literally create sort of nav point markers where there is a collection of ionization uh, that has built up in certain areas. It's not completely accurate, but it can give me an estimation of the size of the storm. For example, I can tell you right now as he holds it up, he goes, this is going to be a supercell. That's, I'm not familiar with meteorology, but that sounds bad. Uh, Supercell. It's the largest storm that can possibly form before it reaches hurricane. He nods and says, yeah, supercells are usually um, one of the different versions of storms. Uh, It's not necessarily, it's a big storm. Sometimes the cumulus clouds can reach up to 12 kilometers in height. Um, We won't have to surrender to that, but it does mean heavy rains are coming this way. Um, my concerns though, are tornadoes and lightning strikes as those are quite common. Lightning. Um, I, that was, I realize now an extremely rude way to introduce myself. I'm, I'm used to talking to my buddy who will answer any questions I have whenever I have them, but I'm, I'm new and also Aussie. Uh, Ozzy, I was going to say Aggie. Don't oh. know where I was getting that. Uh, pleasure to meet you. I'm I'm uh, Michael. Extends his hand. Yeah. No. Uh, you're um you're from Kaleno, right? Yeah. You too, huh? Yeah. When I was a boy, but I <laughs> I came by boat. I didn't traverse 400 miles of the Red Jaw Wilds to get here. I yeah. one of these days I'm going to need to uh, you and your friend. Um, you're you're Ozzy. Joe. Yeah. One of these days, I'm, I'd love to sit down with the two of you and, and, and hear your story, if that's all right. One of the things that I kind of do informally around here is I chronicle Silver Creek. Oh, so if I want to get caught up with the backstory, you're the... I'm the guy. I keep track of lineages, families, births, you name it. Oh, that, yeah, no, I, I, would, I would love to just ask you lots of questions forever. I can answer them almost forever. There's 60 plus years of history. I mean, my, like, people say there's no such thing as a stupid question. And I'm, I'm kind of just, I want to keep asking until maybe I find one. So I, I just, I ask a lot. Uh, so sure. starting off on that particular mission, what's a pine? A uh, pine is a species of tree. There's not actually any pines here. 
but we commonly refer to them as pines because a lot of us are familiar. <sighs> Here's the thing. He kind of, he, he looks like he's just kind of like settling in to explain something that irritates him. And you see him remove his glasses and he pulls a shirt and he kind of starts cleaning them. And he says, the thing is, and, and, and this is not in any way meant to sound detrimental to everybody else around me. It, it really isn't. I, I tend to make it sound like that sometimes because I get frustrated, but it, it's really not. I understand. It's not everybody's thing. Um, sure. uh, there are hundreds of species of dinosaur and mammal and <laughs> far more than that when it comes to botany. Enormous amounts of species out there, many of which haven't even been cataloged since we've arrived in the Cretaceous period. We don't even have the fossilized evidence for in, in the time that our grandparents are from. But um, I, I, this is my way of trying to tell you, not everyone's a scientist. And so people just tend to point at things and say, sauropod, sauropod, sharp tooth, uh, big and heavy. And it all works. It's great. When it comes to trees, they kind of use the old terminologies in the same way. They're ancestors to pine. Not actually pine. That's not going to exist here for another 66 million years. Lots of distant cousins. I mean, there are a lot of, lot of trees that exist today that are essentially going to be indistinguishable from the trees that are going to exist in a time period that we'll probably never see. Yeah, not really, not really human longevity. Yeah, that's okay. I, it's not just the, oh. Sorry. Sorry. Never mind. No. What were you going to say? Uh, it's a sensitive subject and not a lot of people like talking about it. So I don't know if it's a good idea to, I, I don't have a problem. I'm talking up he glances around. He goes, I'm, I'm talking about Chexlub, uh, Chexlub, uh, the, the rock, the big rock. Yeah. Yeah. What about it? Uh, I, I kind of make wisecracks about it sometimes to myself when no one else is around. But um, the thing I like to tell myself is, is I'm going to be grateful that it's going to absolutely annihilate me instead of the two to three years that are going to follow its impact are going to be pretty awful. Well, I guess some things make it. I give uh, Vern a little bit of a scratch. Yeah. Um, it's kind of, sometimes I, um, sometimes I'm out hurting the animals and, um, I don't know. I, I just get really sad, you know, because yeah. I know, yeah, because this one the, makes it and then this one. Yeah. It's, it's weird having the knowledge that the world is going to end. It's just. Kind of a burden sometimes i try to be scientific about it to sort of take the edge off but um yeah it's just uh i don't know maybe it's easier for the first commuters but for me this is all i've ever known and um i don't want it to be disintegrated <laughs> <laughs> hey you and me both uh so pine pine not really a pine but Thick tree. Uh, do some um, of them smell like them, maybe? Yeah. He goes into a description and starts really laying out pines and how they smell. And actually kind of explains, um, for those of you who, who may not have that sensory perception, pine is, pine 
pine can be so pungent that it can carry a rather almost ammonia-like taste in the back of your throat if you get too much of it. It's a little overwhelming. It will cause you to cough. Try to clear your lungs a little bit. Um, it's for those of us who can smell it in small amounts, it's actually quite lovely of a smell, but in large amounts, it's well, like anything else hazardous. It's like a heavy, fresh, sweet sort of like green smell. That's how I would, <laughs> so I would describe it. Oh, like, freaking green. Yeah. The, the, it, no, it's really common. It's just so hard to access. But Joe told sure. me uh, smell is a function of um, concentration of volatile organic compounds in the air. So, uh, what plants? What plants give that off? Are you a? Are you a? Are you a fellow scientist? Oh heck no! But I really love listening to y'all talk. You have good <sighs> words. Oh um. And you'll answer so many questions. Well, I'm sorry. What was the question? Uh. Things that give off the same chemicals as pines. Um, Near here, maybe. The same chemicals? Yeah. As the in same, like when the it same, burns? The same smell. Ah. Yeah. Uh, um, well, uh, there, there is some of that particular species of tree that we use in uh, some of our construction. Not all of it. It's not ideal for some of the wall builds that we have. It's it's a good wood, but it's not necessarily the best for uh, strength-wise. You'd have to use kind of a lot of it. It is strong, but not as strong as you need it to be. We There are some oaks, kind of oak species that are around here that are quite good for that. Um, there's a species as a descendant, or will be, I'm sorry, uh, descendant would actually have been something else. Uh, uh, it's sub, sort of a species of, oh, what? There was a tree in, in the modern era called a sequoia. That's a very big, mighty tree um, that uh, there were a few left. There's a lot of its ancestor live here now, and they're known for being quite large and very strong. That's what we use. Um, it does not give off. Sorry, I've seemed to wonder a little bit, but I'm, I'm getting hung the up thing on is you. You construct your stuff, so you get the stuff you construct from some local trees, right? Yes. Uh, are you asking where you can find pine? I think maybe I, I think maybe I am. Um, pine is largely, we get all of our wood from the red jaw wilds. All of the wood that's constructed here. We don't use any of the trees that are nearby the swamps. So we do that on purpose. We try to, because it can actually upset a little bit of the, the roots of some of the, the lowland trees, especially because there's a lot of salt water near the base of the swamp to the north. Um, it, it actually protects us from flooding, leaving those trees exactly as they are, so we do not disturb them. There's a lot of uh, ancestors to mangrove trees that kind of help filter that through. So every wood that we use is coming from the red jaw, um, which now that you're asking me, I'm yes, there's a lot of pine. Pine equivalent. I'm gonna like you. <laughs> um, well, I'm glad. I'm glad I can help. Um, what are um and and then where are the is old necessarily tall? I just realized I don't really know. But yes. like I figure like young no, it, has to be short because you haven't had oh, time to grow yet. But like oh, do trees always get taller. It's, like it's, that? Yes, yes. It's uh, old. It's fascinating. You know, a lot of us look around and we see 
dinosaurs and we see the ecosystems of dinosaurs and the struggle to survive, but none of us stop and realize how much is going on with the greenery around us. There is a survival, a battle for survival waged by the ferns, the grasses, the trees. It's all happening in a time that's just far too slow for us to perceive. But the battle that happens out in the red tree, the only the tallest trees survive. And then inevitably, those are probably destroyed by extremely large herbivores, which, of course, then fertilize the rest of the forest floor and we get tall trees again. Um, it's It's been an incredible thing to actually track using some of uh, the sensors and instruments that we have. Uh, but to answer your question, yes, larger usually means older. A more successful tree will have gotten the chance to have grown larger. And many of them, the most successful trees, are the ones that can reach the very tops to grab as much sunlight as possible. Yeah. So Absolutely. where are those in your local retro wild? Um, well, that's, that's the entire wilderness, really. It's difficult to catalog each individual tree, but for the most part, the average height of the trees in the red jaw wilds, a small tree usually averages about 55 to 60 feet. And then a full grown tree, especially some of the larger pines have gotten anywhere up to about 115 to 120 feet. Um... And lightning preferentially strikes tall things. Oh, lightning is a real big problem for us. There have been some pretty astonishingly, unstoppably huge forest fires in the time that Silver Creek has been around. There have been cataclysmic fires that have been started by lightning strikes. It's not unusual. Um, haven't had one here in about three decades, but the first one that happened... Um, burned the red jaw wilds to ash over the course of four days we were in a lot of trouble here because the air quality that much wood burning even it, it's not far from here so it became a real problem for us uh, i Thank you so much. I really appreciate that you just answered a bunch of questions for someone yeah. you don't you don't even know. So I have to go. But like, do you have office hours? Oh, um, whenever I'm awake, <laughs> just come see me. If I'm not here in the walls, I'm I'm always outside. The hadrosaurs are my favorite. I'm always hurting the Hatties. So just come out and find me. I'm usually uh, by the be by the um the water line, um, where they like to uh, eat. Okay. It was nice meeting you. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No. Ozzy. Ozzy. Yep. See you around. Oh, uh, I'll ask you saddy questions later. <laughs> bookmark that. Okay. Right. Go. Okay. I do. I have it. I think I have it. The taste of mint and rosemary, but earthier. Oh, that's good. Oh, yeah. that's really helpful. That's, that is absolutely probably the closest taste, find a I taste. Think of this next to pine. Yeah. yeah. That's so helpful. But earthy. Yeah. It's like, uh, yeah. I'm going to like asking you smell questions. Okay. No. <laughs> yeah, I good. love, I love, I've done it a handful of times. I love describing I smells too. That's I know. Really. I, lo I love uh, doing this to really uh, everyone and apparently was it, was it also pe Michael Yen. Petrichor, I tried to, I tried to explain to you with like fresh cucumber combined with like chalk and like asphalt is what Petrichor smells like. That's pretty good, Caitlin. You're good at this. Yeah. I love describing smell. I, I love having a person with a smell alongside. Mm -hmm. Good translation. Um, but also, uh, atmospheric concentration of volatile organic compounds is just like you ever have a phrase from someone else that just flows through you as if possessed. <laughs> There's it's, just Joe. Me, it's just uh, Joe all the way down. Yeah, I was like giving me, uh, crediting me with things that Caitlin couldn't think of, but Joe for sure has said at least once. Joe has said <laughs> so many times. And 
Joe, conveniently, is who I am going to find. Joe. Okay. It doesn't take a lot of investigative work to discover that Joe is probably currently with Dahlia. Um, or at least near Dahlia's domicile. Checking in on and making sure Dahlia's okay. When you approach a, a very beautiful, well-constructed home that actually looks a little newer than the rest of the homes here in Silver Creek. When you step up to the uh, ramp that leads up to it, you can immediately get uh, you inside. You can immediately hear the cooing sounds of a very large chicken saurus that <coughs> is moving around inside. Um, I don't know how to help you. <laughs> I don't. I don't speak Bruno. I don't speak your weird chicken dino language. I know. I know that you are distressed, but I don't speak Bruno. Ah. Delia needs to lay down, and I'm not trying to hurt her. Just ah. like through the door. <laughs> Surely, a conversation you've heard okay. her have out loud at dinosaurs before. All right. You all hear as Ozzy makes their way into space. Uh, how how are you doing? Are you still time? No, I'm here. I'm here. Kurt, I think. I'm here, right? I'm uh, not trying that again. Sorry. I can see and hear you, though. I'll give you those two. All right, fine. I'm here. I think. So I investigated burning and pine. And I met Michael Yen. You're gonna like Michael Yen. I've heard the name. I'm looking forward to meeting new people, I think. I've already liked Michael Yen, but continue on. <laughs> Was that a euphemism? It's hard to tell you. Fair enough. Uh, so the storm that's coming in does lightning and the Redjaw Wilds is full of tall trees. Tall, old, trees that are apparently called pine and have a high atmospheric concentration of volatile organic compounds. But lightning hasn't struck here in a long time. But it's going to. Uh, there's there's a supercell, which is the biggest storm that's not Shy a hurricane. A hurricane. Yeah. Okay. And okay. it's going to bring heavy rain and uh, winds and lightning. To the tall pines in the Redjaw Wilds. Fire where pine. That, where that guy, the the gruff one with the biggest, big flapasaur. Oh, yes, with the scary. Yes, okay. I don't, I normally go inside when a storm is coming. That does not seem to be the only a measure that needs to be taken here is uh, oh okay burn it's the thing we've been going back and forth this uh okay pine fire burns burns yep sure yeah. sure that it does that's what um is there anybody outside of silver creek right now i think a few we saw a few people leave earlier but i couldn't tell you they if they've come back come or not back. I'm um, gonna I'm gonna try for a premonition again. Uh, you don't have to. Oh, good. Yeah, we already. Because one We're... comes to you. Mm. As oh. you as you sit up and you think, okay, it's time to. Your eyes widen for a second, as 
you begin to get tunnel vision. And at first you think you're having that terrible moment in a panic attack, except for you're not experiencing any of the terrible symptoms of a panic attack. You don't feel the elevated heart rate. You don't feel anything else that I'm going to skip over narrating. You don't feel any of those signs. Instead, it, it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like you're losing blood pressure or anything. It just feels like all of a sudden the lights are starting to dim in front of your eyes. And you find yourself standing in a corridor. The corridor has a metal frame and pipes running along the ceiling. Digital displays are next to you, have readouts, strange language you've never seen before. Um, there's an ambient low rumble around you. As you glance about, you notice that your hands are moving. You are moving in a strange, surreal, dreamlike fashion. Like you're witnessing yourself from afar, but in first person somehow. Like you're, you're not in control necessarily. You're witnessing somebody pilot your body is what it feels like. But it's responding to the curiosity as you lift your hand up and glance, your fingers seem to move a full second slower than you command them to. And you don't feel the sensations of your skin bending as you crunch your fingers down. You clench a fist in response. And again, sort of a dead delayed sensation. It feels like this is not you, even though you know it's you. Everything feels lag, delayed. Someone is approaching you. They immediately instill in, sense in, in you as the shadow begins to approach you quickly, a sense of relief and concern. Though you have no idea who it is. They are speaking to you now. You have no idea what they're saying, but fear begins to boil up inside of you. And the world shakes around you. <laughs> the two of you have suddenly seen her. She starts to split into different images of herself. Like a delayed exposure. She just kind of moves like a blur for a moment. And you see she's speaking to somebody. Her mouth is moving. Nothing is being said. But she's responding to somebody like they're talking to her. What's more wild though is the world around her. In the immediate area. Both of you recognize. The seams of reality are not joining up. The bed that she was sitting on. Looks like at the area where she is, the bed frame itself looks like it's disconnected. Like it's been split by like a, like a glitch of some kind. And there's a warping effect. You know a time anomaly when you see one. And this one looks like it's beginning to like form as an aura around her. She looks like she's stuck inside of one and interacting with it. Uh, can I read your lips? Um, you can make the attempt. It's not going to be easy considering the environmental factors in play, but you can definitely try it. Yes. That would definitely be an intellect spend to try to pinpoint what it is that she is saying. And I'm going to set the difficulty at formidable. What so, is that in numbers? That is a seven. Oh, that's a big number though. You need 21 or better. So you're going to have you consider a smaller number. You've got you've got a legion of story points that are not even halfway through yet. You've got a I do, which would bring it down by <laughs> one, one two, which would make it a literally better. possible number. A 18 or better. You would drop oh. it down to a six. 
Yeah, okay, so then I have to spend two more points to bring it down by another one, which uh, is the only one that I could do because it's all the, 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 that's all the levels of effort you get off the top. You'd have to spend effort at that point. You can only spend well, one. Well, that is point. the effort spend. Oh, yeah. So spending the effort will drop it, yeah, by one, and then you can spend the story points to drop it by an additional one to get it down to 15 or better. You're, yeah. you're social. Do you, are, do any of your, like, reading people skills come into play? Do you have anything like that? Ooh. Um... Like they're mostly proactive mm -hmm. social okay. skills i don't really have as much i'm more write than read um and this isn't learning something new which is a little different that i also have training in you oh, practice yeah, no, enough asking is... people questions yeah um go ahead and make your role yep i mean you know you've got less you got about a 25 percent chance did you roll one I wish I had. It's actually the literally most disappointing roll because it's a two, <laughs> which is a bad roll, but not enough to also be a funny <laughs> roll. <laughs> makes you feel any better, I'm going to initiate a GM intrusion. Okay, that actually does make me feel so much better because then this is... All I right. wouldn't have gotten to to give XP otherwise. That's true. You get one XP if you accept it. Of course, Sam accepts all of them. So who would you like Except to give? Except when they're directed at Luma. <laughs> Right, right. I have a no intention Luma. Luma policy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would love to give the XP to someone currently trapped in time. Okay. I think she might need that versus the time anomaly. She's oh, by the way, who did I get my story point from? Who gave me this blessed intrusion? Um, you. We have to get through all of the Wraith story points. That's true. So that, is, that, is another, that is another Wraith story point. I appreciate it. So the only person who hasn't spent a Wraith story point for this game is Caitlin. True. So we're looking I at I gotta you. make some rolls. I haven't made yep. any rolls yet. It's been a Wraith point. My first. Um, you... I rolled a bunch of Cypher, actually. But <laughs> you, rolled a, you rolled the most dice tonight. I, don't I have, but none That's of them true. are story pointable. You and Cynthia both have been rolling a lot of the dice tonight. What's even the point? Um, All right. Gotta <laughs> make up for last week. Give me my trouche. So, Ozzy, you, you think you... Th think you understand what she is saying you're picking up a word here or there you lean in close and start listening to what she is saying paying attention to it and suddenly you hear what sounds like a thunderous roar around you uh an earthquake of some kind the way you see her dart her eyes around instinctively, because in your world right now, Dahlia, indeed the entire earth is beginning to shake around you. And suddenly you get the sensation that you're in fact, you're underground. Why am I underground? In that moment, piercing through a veil of time, you spot the face of Ozzy looking at you from across what feels like a great gulf in time reminding you of where you are from the sudden sensation that this is this isn't right and in that moment of trying to assert yourself back to wait wait and i need to shake myself out of this you joe watch as the time anomaly fractures like glass in front of you and it goes literally splitting time in front of you in a way you've never seen a time anomaly behave before it almost looks like it is shattering off and creating a new atom time anomaly. Like it's growing in front of you. 
like someone took another piece of reality origami and added five more folds to it right in front of you, causing this warping effect. That would be startling enough, except for the ear-shattering scream of Ozzy to your right snaps you out of it. And Ozzy drops to the ground, grabbing their face instinctively. When you react, Ozzy is curled up on the ground. It's enough to also, you see from your point of view, Dahlia, Ozzy just gets pulled down the hallway. Like something grabbed them from like unseen force and pulled them down off into the distance. Just vanishing. No. Down the corridor. And they're gone. Okay. This isn't real. This is not real. This is not real. And you continue while... to repeat that to yourself over and over and over again. Um, while you're, while, real quick, before we get back to you, I want to know what Joe is doing. I, I, I don't know what this is. I don't know. I, I, what, tell me what to do. I don't, I don't, I don't, this is, I have not prepared for anything like this. I've not seen anything like this before. What, what, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Just the least helpful person in a crisis like this because she does not do a uh, uh, quick, uh, quick response. And so poor Ozzy, who is having some sort of time freak out. If you can hear Joe at all, it is just Joe asking what to do, which theoretically probably don't know the answer to uh, so see she's just crouched down next to ozzy and is like doesn't have a clue and is just kind of like talking herself through how she doesn't understand what's happening okay two things uh first of all ozzy looks like there is a thick line of blood that is collecting along their hands if you didn't know any better you would say that ozzy has been struck across the head and is clutching their face like something hit them. Um, that is going to manifest as damage. So, um, Ozzy, you're going to take six points to your physical pool. Six points of damage. Um, well. You're disoriented, and it's not bad because you haven't lost. You're not, you're not out, but you've been struck by something very hard and large and not fun um in this case joe as you're near ozzy um make me if you would make me a perception check this is going to be also formidable so difficulty seven. Oh my goodness okay which is um, by the way i'm going to go ahead and point out real quick because a lot of people are used to seeing us play callisto six Callisto 6 used very different difficulty numbers because everybody in that game was basically demigod. Uh, this game, a, a difficulty 7 roll is incredibly difficult to tackle. Okay, I have a skill uh, called from... I don't remember which pool this is from, but it says all actions involved with conducting experiments, test to discover proof or discern the truth and glean information. Um, hold, bookmark that one. That's not what this roll is. For this? Okay. But, this is but to figure out what's happening, bookmark that one because I'm going to have you roll again after this one. Okay. Um, so I'm going to mm. use a story point. Okay. Using a story point. There it is. Thank you, Wraith. And I can only, I only have right. one effort. So I'm going to drop, I'm going to spend two from my pool because I have an edge. Okay. So that's dropped it down to five. So you need 15 or better at the moment. I 
don't think I have any particularly Give me perception skills. Perception based skills. No, she's all very research and like. Okay, then systems. roll. Roll and cross your fingers. You have a twenty-five percent chance. Okay, let's go, Joe. So that's a twenty. A nat twenty. <laughs> a nat twenty. Yes. Yo. Let's go. Clutch as fuck. She thought <laughs> wasn't all that in a crisis. Well, let's find out. Honestly, she just needed to look. She just needed to stop and look. Like that's really her whole. <laughs> honestly, did I? I gave. I. I. I initiated this so that players had a chance to succeed, never really thinking you were going to. But you do. <laughs> Joe, to because you get a 20, I'm also going to give it to you for the next roll. Okay. Um, Ozzy looks like they've been struck across the head, like something came down on top of their head. You didn't see anything impact with them at all. But it, it looks like Ozzy's probably going to have a headache, and it looks like there's a deep cut. You can see it's, it's a head wound. So it may not actually be as bad. I mean, headwinds are serious. They're always serious. But the blood is always more than the wound because of how much is going through there and where Ozzy's been hit. So Ozzy's going to need to get checked out. But you can tell Ozzy's probably... It, it, this might be a situation where it looks worse than it is, considering where it looks like the wound is. You're going to need to just... You're going to need to find out if Ozzy knows their name and how Ozzy's eyes look. That's going to mm -hmm. be the determining factor couple of tests there are a couple of concussion tests yeah <laughs> as you move over to help them something draws your eye and the moment you spot it oh my god it clicks the item the item that ozzy has in their pouch the one that they've had on their body the one that hasn't been activated the one that you were both trying to keep on the down low is glowing has been activated and it pulses you see a small yellowish pulse just and around it you see what look like little veins of crystal that you think mana are manifesting like small thread wide rips in space-time it caused with a nat 20 it immediately causes you to glance over and you see, you couldn't see it before, but you see the reactions coming from Dahlia. She is somehow interacting with that thing. It's like two microphones that are too close to each other. It clicks to you. This is the second event and it happened the moment Ozzy walked into the room. Do I have any sort of sense based on what I've seen? Because Joe is very empirical. She's like literally as a descriptor, but like it has to be based on things she's observed. Now this has happened twice. Mm -hmm. Does she think distance between them is going to soothe whatever is happening right when now? Ozzy walked away the first time. It stopped abruptly. Remember? Ozzy turned and left. And then all of a sudden, you guys snapped out of it. Okay. Feels exponential. Mm -hmm. So, um, Joe's <laughs> basically gonna go, oh, I hate this, and uh, is gonna basically put 
kind of arm like hands under uh Ozzy's arms mm-hmm. and just pull them into the next room like <laughs> like just just try to get distance just going sorry 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 um and it's going to try to just get them in their bag and the item separate these two until we can figure out what this like resonance dissonance echo is the next room is about maybe 10 feet away you you see none of the behavior seems to change except for that dahlia looks like they're in the middle of some kind of scenario you don't know who they're talking to or interacting with but they look absolutely terrified at this point you don't know what it is they're seeing or experiencing i'm going to take ozzy's bag from them and I am going to start walking away with it to see if that does anything. I'm going to initiate a GM intrusion. That's great. I love Would that. You'd like me. to accept it. Obviously. <laughs> I'm going to give the other, I'm going to give the extra one to Ozzy who just took damage. Okay. Ow. So Oz, Ozzy, get another XP. Um, you pick up the satchel. Um, Ozzy's muttering something. You get the sense that Ozzy is out of it because what they're yeah. muttering doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, like you're coming across somebody in mid conversation. You, you, you don't think it's the same thing that Dolly is experiencing. You pick up the satchel and begin to move out the front door because it's the farthest. Yeah. Point. It's away. Yeah. Um, and you find yourself stepping into a jungle. Oh, I don't like the jungle. In the distance you see where there was a storm. There is what looks like a black cloud filled with lightning it fills up the entirety of the sky you see the enormity of what you see the the jungle itself is currently what feels like in the midst of uh also an earthquake like it's beginning to rumble around you you feel a little unstable reaching out and grabbing a tree and the tree is swaying this lightning storm that's in front of you the clouds stretch up into the atmosphere almost incomprehensibly large but the other thing that grabs your attention are the thousands of flying dinosaurs you see fleeing this cloud it's not real it's not real the sky is blood red and you start seeing streaks of fire starting to rain down it's not real it's not real earth begins to shake around you joe closes her eyes and walks in a straight line you start walking forward, walking forward. And you're snapped out of it. You're just not there. It's just you're in temperature outside. It's about maybe 85, 86 degrees in the evening. Um, you can hear the rustle of the, of the tall grass just outside the walls of Silver Creek. There's not many trees nearby. But it's a very relaxing night. You can see, you can hear the distant thunder rolling through the sky. And then the scream inside the house. Uh, does does Dolly have like a yard, like any sort of perimeter? Like how far away did the, from the house did I get? You glance down at yourself and look back. You're probably about 25-ish feet away. So not that far from the house. You're just standing in the middle of the row right now, mm-hmm. glancing back. Inside, okay. Dahlia, the corridor that you're in has begun to collapse. You begin to see it just kind of implode upon itself as people are screaming. You see families clutching each other. Some of them are crying. Some of them look like they're just gazing into each other's eyes. 
everything about this feels like the end. Yeah, no. Dahlia's like, no, 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 this this is not real. This is not no, like get wake up. And you are. You're in your bed. And standing in the doorway, slightly disoriented, checking their hand is Ozzy. <laughs> Ozzy, you don't even remember getting to your feet. You're kind of blinking a little bit. You see that terrible thick crimson curtain dripping down in front of your field of vision, instinctively just kind of wiping it away. It smears across your forehead. Um, your head aches. Nothing struck you, but you do, you remember feeling the walls collapsing and a rock hitting you in the head. Are you okay? Uh, yeah, I usually keep my blood on the outside. When they say that, Dahlia, you don't see any blood. They look perfectly fine. A little rattled. What, 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 what do you mean? You, you keep the blood in the outside, like the blood? Scalp lacerations, they bleed like stink. That was. There's no blood. Just. There's no blood. You the... gain back six points to your physical pool. <gasps> you troll. <laughs> hey, you got so many XP out of that. <laughs> Dahlia grabs, uh, she has like a diary that she keeps under her bed and she starts <laughs> sketching out everything that she saw. Everything about it felt like it was expected, inevitable. You're, there's a, a voice in the back of your head, Dahlia, that is telling you what that was. You, you kind of have an idea of what that was. It doesn't take a big stroke of you know, stretch of the imagination to understand what that probably was. You start writing it out. Um, while the physical damage is definitely not there, you are going to take two points to intellect damage, both of you. Because the thing is, it actually did happen, even if it was undone. And the two of you are kind of left. And then it occurs to both of you, uh, Joe's not here. Joe was here a second ago. Wait, where's my bag? Bag. No, 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 no. Where? Oh my! Where? Like, they they look under things. They look around. Hey, they hey, consider hey, looking hey. under Bruno, and then they immediately abandon that idea. Why are you going through my stuff? What, like, my bag? I don't see my bag. Do you see my bag? Where is it? Where I I had it, and then I was hit with the rock. Uh, you were what? in. What? You were you were multiple man, which was a cool trick, but maybe not super wholesome. Uh, and then I was standing, and my bag isn't here. Joe, just to, just to feed this to you, you are hearing this part of the conversation muffled. Inside oh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah. Joe has not moved. 25 feet. You can actually hear this now. Yeah, she has not moved. Uh, and she goes, I'm outside! She doesn't move, but you hear her yell probably uh, yeah. muffled through the window. What? Ah. Are they start to go to the door. They stop. Triage priorities. Are you okay? You were multiple, man, which 
again cool but unwholesome um, what's are you i don't know but my hands look different now gm question when i was looking at my hands during mm -hmm. the the vision what did my hands look like you know, now that you mention it, they did look a little older, a little more weather-worn, a little more used. It felt like you were possessing somebody else's body, except for it was yours. I don't know how to explain this, and I don't really like saying it. This is going to hurt my heart. Bruno, Bruno, I need to I put my hands over Bruno's ears. <laughs> the little like, be, like holes little in the back flat, yeah. yeah where you assume bruno's ears might be underneath <laughs> that thick feather Dino earmuffs. yeah i was old my hands were wrinkly i in your i mean they're they're not now you look actually extremely well moisturized um thank you thank you yeah. they, but, no, i'd love a yeah bruno can't know about this um, why, uh, will you figure that? Wait, does Bruno speak people? Sometimes. <laughs> no! No! And she just, like, tap, taps uh, Bruno's, Clip like... Clip that without any context. <laughs> 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 no cut just let it, let it cut off with something going no, no. <laughs> we knew it was going to happen because it's predation um bruno gets bapped and just goes completely that it's like you pressed an off switch on bruno and he looks at you like you kick me at like the football uh-huh <laughs> It. Uh, no, roll, no, roll for it. You've given. I may or may not bonk on you. You've I given suppose. Bruno a command. Let's find yeah. out if Bruno. You need a. You need a, a twelve or better. I'm sorry, a nine or better. Nineteen, baby. Okay, yeah, Bruno gets it. <laughs> Bruno gets it. Bruno, Bruno funks down. <laughs> and so, like, you see Dahlia like up and over the feathers, like. So my hands were like tree trunks, if you get what I'm saying here. And um, the earth was trembling? Um, I, are we in a tectonically active location? See, that's just the thing. Uh, it, um, uh, not here, but in the other me was experiencing an earthquake. I was watching families die. Um, Rock fell. Oh. Families die. Cynthia, Metal. Go do ahead. Me a, do me a favor and make an intellect check here. So it's just a d20, but you can, if you want to spend effort or story point, you can. I'll spend a story point, please. Okay, then this, we are out of the Wraith zone. So this story point comes from one Vance 1982. Thank you, Vance. All right, so the story Thanks point here. Advance. 
So you, this is going to be a difficulty five. You spent a story point. It's going to drop down to four, so you need a 12 or better. 15. 15. Okay. Ozzy was not old. In fact, Ozzy looked like they didn't belong there. Ozzy was... That didn't mesh with everything else you were experiencing. You felt like you were in your body in the future or the past or somewhere else. But Ozzy, that was like somebody from the surface of the water poking their head into the pool from this time is what that felt like. And it only just now occurs to you because everything else looked different. You looked different. The world around you was different. Ozzy looked exactly how they look right now. Ozzy, how did you, how, how did you put your head in there? I saw you, but you were you and I wasn't me. I mean, it was me, but not me now. And I got a rock to the head and reward. Yeah. But I yeah, but how, how did you do that? You're not like you're me. Um, are you? Can you see time? Um, uh, is this a conversation? Um, we could maybe Joe is out there <laughs> and has my bag with Vern. Vern's in my bag. Vern wasn't there, it was you with your head inside time do you traverse time like i do um no i i have to so you're okay right that means you're okay no not okay still trying to explain this tell me how you did it <laughs> i didn't i didn't do anything i it was that it um it was what Crack of thunder outside rolls across the sky as it kind of it's one of those it's one of those sudden cracks of thunder that would cause the windows to vibrate a little bit in your house it's right overhead and just ominously rolling i would like to decide a course of action before i get wet i have equipment that i would prefer to not get rained on but also take the time that you need in this moment, but also I would like a plan. No, yeah, Helen. understood. Uh, we'll get you. back to this later, right? Yeah, door. <laughs> Meanwhile, a couple of miles away, top of a damn tree, <laughs> you are startled awake, Zach, immediately by the crack of thunder in the distance. Snaps you awake. You realize... Your knuckles have gone pale as you're clutching your weapon. Instinct and sleep. You're used, when you're in the wilds, you're used to having it on you, and anything wakes you up is going to die if it doesn't announce itself. But thankfully, the low rumble of thunder, you're able to know what's going on. You also hear lots of sounds of the forest. Not just like the steady hush like the whisper of tree leaves rushing up against each other from an increase, an ever-increasing wind that's starting to blow through here. 
Um, but you hear movement down on the forest floor. Not particularly large amounts of movement, but like animals are moving through the forest. You also glance yeah. over instinctively and see that Tara is awake too. She's just rubbing her eyes. She checks the leather strap that's got her tied up against one of the large poles that supports this platform up here in the tops. She rubs her eyes and looks at you and goes, Is it here? I thought I wasn't supposed to get here until the morning. Uh, nothing's here. Just lightning. Glad to see you weren't uh, picked up in your sleep. Yeah. All right, I'm going to go back to sleep then. Do that. I, uh, I think I got enough rest. I'll keep watch. Make you sure see, uh, to wake you up before anything gets you. She just smiles, but she doesn't open her eyes. Pulls her pack up next to her head and tries to go back to sleep. Um, you see Zekker, who had taken watch. He's leaning up against one of the railings and just looking down to the forest floor. He notices that you're awake and he just kind of motions you over. I will come over. And he taps his lips and he nods down below. I'm going to take a gander. Um, yeah, it takes you a second. You glance over the side. You, you're expecting to see what is down there. And it takes a few moments when you... It's not directly beneath you. It takes you a moment for your eyes to adjust. But unmistakably, you see the full abnormally large length of a 47-foot T-Rex slowly padding its way through the forest floor. T-Rex usually don't grow that big. They tend to grow pretty big, but the unmistakable battle scar of a very large striped groove making its way down from between her shoulder blades where they would be down to her back flanks that is healed over marks stripe. You, you've seen her a few times. Um, she is clearly hunting right now as you see her like slowly moving through the forest underneath you. It occurs to you that it's not her you're hearing. Sauropods, which we're eating in here, are still having some of their food uh, as it takes longer to, to, to make their way through here. It occurs to you those sauropods are simply too big for a T-Rex. Without having to make without having to make a roll, the truth of the matter is sauropods get to a certain size where their size becomes the defense mechanism. And no T-Rex <laughs> with a sense of survival would ever attempt to go after one. However, sometimes they have young. Mm. Um, and you're watching to see if maybe that's what it is. But you start to gradually lose sight of Stripe as she continues to slowly stalk her way. It never fails to send chills up your spine when you see a 15,000-pound dinosaur moving cat quiet through the bushes of the forest, which is what you're watching this very large T-Rex do. She is just moving ever so slowly, creeping along. And you start losing sight of her underneath the trees, and he just shakes his head and he goes, that's only the third time I've ever seen her. She gets closer and closer to Silver Creek every year, I swear. There was a few years back, remember about six years ago, where there was a party that had an encounter with her. They actually confronted her. One of them, um, I forget a, I forget their name, but they had a, uh, they had a pet tea, and 
That was the only way they were able to fend themselves off from her. I feel very uncomfortable with her being this close when we have to leave so early. Earlier than you think, he points. And you see off in the distance, he's like, we're actually only about maybe an hour away from when you said you wanted to leave. This this might be an intelligence role, um, but I'm wondering how far, like just from my observations of T-Rexes, how far do I see Stripe going within the next hour? Uh, like, do, I, do I see her going far to, enough? Away? If you spin for that, I'll give it to you because you have you have walks with dinosaurs. Yeah. If you spin for that, I'll give you information for it. I so will spin. Uh, I'll yeah. I will spin. Uh, what am I spending here? Two, uh, like, uh, two yeah, your intellect. Yeah, as you're kind of chewing on this a little bit, trying to figure it out. Um, yeah. you're starting to put the pieces together. Zach, if you guys are going to get out of here when you need to get out of here, it means you're going to have to walk. You're going to have to. You're going to be on the floor when Stripe is hunting. Those two time periods are going to intersect. She's in the area. You spotted her. Two things you know. Stripe has a pretty big range for hunting. Yeah. She's kind of she's kind of claimed this area of the Red Jaw Wilds is her hers. It's not unusual to see T-Rex actually hunting in pairs. Stripe is bigger than most T-Rex and they don't gear get close to her, but she has a wide range. The, here's the other thing to note too is typically a T-Rex will not attack you if it can't ambush you because they're ambush hunters and frankly they just are not capable of running versus expended periods of time when you are bolting and you're small. So they like to sneak up on things. Um, Stripe is different. As I've said, you know this from Tales, all the warnings you've gotten. Stripe is aggressive. In fact, some have joked, including Vecker, that Stripe tends to take things personally is kind of the joke that goes around. Like she's vindictive as fuck and that she remembers people who get away. Because Stripe has been notoriously persistent when she doesn't get her kill. Um, it's why she's kind of regarded as the boogeyman of Silver Creek. That all you know. In other words, your instinct is telling you it's going to be a lot of stealth checks to get out of here. Yeah. <clears throat> that and, or... And the other option too is you could try to you could try to use if they do have young you could conceivably try to somehow find a way to point stripe at that bigger that's what i was thinking the bigger prey yeah um so who boy we're about to we're about to dump some intelligence points today maybe um two more for discover dinos to see if I can I, I do I get to scour a long range. Okay. I'm looking to see if I can find the young. Okay. Um that information comes to you pretty easily as you sit there and think about it for a second. Your mind is racing as you're beginning to realize you're beginning to realize the clock is ticking. Stripe has completely changed the calculus here. You guys need yeah. to get out of the Red Jaw Wilds and back to Silver Creek as quickly as possible. Um if Stripe is out this close to Silver Creek, it's possible that the herd has moved closer to the tree line. Yeah. But if, if Stripe is in stealth mode right now, it means that she's probably caught sight of them. 
So she, you can go off of what she is seeing. You get the impression that the herd is probably closer than you can tell right now. Again, T-Rex of all the sauropods that stalk the woods, they have the largest eyes. I'm sorry, theropods. They have the largest eyes. And T-Rex has notoriously good dark vision. <laughs> so she, there's a good chance that she has spotted them. It I might didn't... be, it, it would be dangerous as, as your yep. GM, I'll tell you, it'll be dangerous. You do have some story mm -hmm. points on you, but, yeah, <laughs> but if you can direct, <laughs> if you can sort of point stripe at the, the smaller, the smaller, uh, sauropods, then it's conceivable that that'll give you cover to make a run for it. Um, all right. So I'm going to give. I'm gonna give uh, my friend here the sign um, that I'm I'm going to divert Stripe. Oh, he looks at you, and goes, "Oh, you're out of your fucking mind, mate." But if you think this is for the best, we've got we've got inexperienced that need to make their way back to Silver Creek, and I don't so think so. Let me guess. You're going to go play meat snack and you want me to take her back to Silver Creek. You know, she's never going to forgive you. Never. She'll remember this to the day she dies. Good. It'll be a good lesson for what's expected of her when it's her turn. Says, all right. I'm putting it all on you. I'm not going to make it sound like I'm doing it. Yeah, well, I don't want to do it either. Listen. So... <laughs> Can I give you a bit of advice? If you're going to do what I think you're going to try to do. Yeah. Make a little noise so the herd thinks danger's coming from a direction that it's not actually coming from. In other words, give the big girl her opening and then get the fuck out of there. Because it's very likely the big ones are going to panic. Uh, this is when I'm going to pull out my translumina uh, bow. And go, uh, she's already got them in her sight. I'm just going to make one of them slow. Grim business. We got to get back to Silver Creek. Better them than us. Um, and I am going to, I guess, there's no way to do this from the, from the treetops. I have to no. get the crowd, right? Yeah, you're going to have to get down there. <laughs> Yeah, I, you're gonna have to get down on the floor. I am going to um, put my blanket on Tara and leave her an extra pair of socks. Socks are the most important. Well, um, as you 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 okay? So, um, as you approach, you see Vecker just go. Don't risk waking her up because she will. <laughs> he just says, "Don't just go, just go." Good, good call. And <laughs> I'm just gonna make my way down. Okay, making your way oh. down. <laughs> Make a boy. Get on the floor. Everybody run from the dinosaur. <laughs> you managed to make your way. God, that song. That I drove my parents out of their minds. I loved that song so much when I was a boy. <laughs> Me too. I was just absolutely. I wanted to be a paleontologist and they came out with I a dinosaur danced. song. Are you? At... I danced to it as a kid. Oh, did you? Oh, yeah. yeah. It was in talent shows everywhere in elementary oh, school, yeah. let's be honest. All right, uh, I'll send it to you, Sam. 
I've already posted it once, but I I will I will absolutely spread the enchantment of Walk the Dinosaur. I absolutely it's the best song ever. It, it might like be one of the greatest of the compositions of music since Mozart's masterworks. Yeah, it's I would the, say it's the anthem of the eighties, man. Totally. Yeah. Bon Jovi has nothing on this. Um, uh, this right. is an eighties thing, I understand. That. Yes. Um the descent down the tree. Your instinct is already lighting up like a Christmas tree, Zach, because the silence that greets you by the time you touch the forest floor, every living creature that's capable of sensing Stripe's presence knows she is here, and it is dead quiet as you hit the forest floor, as every animal except you has the good sense to shut up and stay still. You immediately unclasp yourself from the... The, uh, the lift. And now you are going to make a stealth check. Yes, I am. All right. So let's, it's time to start bargaining. <laughs> Dormammu? <laughs> I've come to you make a come. deal. <laughs> Dormammu? Okay. So what would All you right. like to bargain? All right. I am bargaining. Uh, oh boy. I am going to bargain with Danger Sense. That's a strong uh, case. There's a strong case to be made for that. What does Dangerous Sense give you? Uh, let me pull it up again. <laughs> I just yep. saw I was like, that sounds really good right now. Oh, no, that only helps me in initiative. Curses. <laughs> let us hope that you do not have to use Dangerous Sense. <laughs> you and me both. Um, uh, I, I'm, gonna, I'm going to depend on Discover Dinosaurs, which is basically what has been letting me keep track of the dinosaur, so I always know where she's at. Okay. I am going to negotiate like I am, because I'm so keenly aware where she is, I am staying away from that area. Okay. Um, I'm going to throw a GM intrusion at you. <laughs> yes! Let's go! I'm taking it! <laughs> Alright, who would you like to give an additional XP to? I'm gonna, I'm gonna give, uh, you know, Ozzy, you've been having a hard time today. I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give it to Ozzy. Ozzy gets another XP. You got, um, you got Phantom hit today. With a, with a Phantom Rock. I was, was attacked by an entire Phantom Rock. Um, I, I hurt, and then I didn't hurt, but then my that, brain hurt because I didn't hurt. That might actually be the first time I would say that is not a very fun band name. That's just too on the nose. Phantom <laughs> Rock is just way too on the nose. No, that's the genre for a different there band. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I dig that. All right. <clears throat> um, the GM intrusion is, at this point, it occurs to you as you start creeping along the forest floor, Zach, that Kimmy is nowhere. She might be out hunting right now or above the treetops, but you do not spot Kimmy. She is not nearby. And they not entirely sure where they are. Um, your instinct to get down here and handle this quickly kind of led to a moment of like, oh shit, where's Kimmy? You stop for a moment to glance about. Um, Kimmy is a smart one and would definitely know not to make noise when Sharptooth is nearby. But you're on your own for this. Yep. There is no more vulnerable state for a survivalist in the Red Jaw Wilds than to be without your dino companion. You are a small snack for anybody who does not feel threatened by the size of your pterosaur. Though, to be fair, and this is some small comfort to you as you continue to advance along the ground, Zach, it's very likely Stripe wouldn't give a damn either way. Yeah. Again, not like other T-Rexes. <laughs> Very aggressive. So, 
I'm gonna have you make your stealth. You 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 are gonna make your stealth check, but you use that ability. So I'm going to lower the difficulty here on the stealth check of getting detected. Um, okay. So <clears throat> also I'm gonna go ahead, and this is solely because of two reasons I'm about to do this. One is that you guys, Stripe is someone that Silver Creek has encountered numerous times and is something of, as I said, the local boogeyman. So there is that first. But the second reason why I'm giving this to you is because you're keeping your eye, plus you also have walks with dinosaurs. So you have a good sense of what's going on here. Um, so give me one second here while I pull this up. Uh, why don't we do this? Why don't you, oh wait, never mind. I got it. Hold on one second. Don't have to do that. Roll. Um, Stripe is level eight. Oh boy. That's, a, that's, that, that's that, more levels than me. Stripe <laughs> is a level eight creature. Um, that means that anything you try to do, unless there is a modifier specified, anything you try to do needs to beat a 24 on a die roll. Um, Stripe may not be able to, but that I want to go ahead and tell you though, that might not always apply to things like perception checks or even attempting to run. It's not uncommon for an animal to be like level eight, but level three when trying to smell things or level five trying to out, outrun things. It's, it's time to experiment. You're about to find out. And, and I'm going to go here on the record here with the GM intrusion and having no dino friends that at this point, Noir, your destiny is completely in your hands. You are going to stalk the fourth floor. Go ahead and make your stealth check. Um, I'm going to lower the difficulty here for a couple of reasons, environmentally speaking. Um, first of all, Stripe is completely focused on stalking your herd and is listening for the heavy footsteps of the sauropods that are moving through here right now is not paying attention to a small crawly creature in the dark that's moving far away into her flank. That's one. The other one, too, is, is that you spotted Stripe first and you were keeping low and quiet. So I'm going to lower the difficulty. For you, I'm going to start the difficulty at six for Stripe okay. not to hear you. Also, also, just because we're all new to the system, if you haven't taken a recovery roll yet, you can do that. It takes oh, yeah, I would take a recovery roll here because yeah, you were going to be spending... Do that. You should definitely do that. Are and you familiar with recovery rolls? After would be the uh, please give me a refresher on a recovery roll. Yes, role, absolutely. Please. And if you need the particular, um, the I put it in chat a moment ago, and the rule is on our cipher page two zero two. You get four on the talk four rests in a day um, that you will roll a one d six and add your tier as basically like a, think of it like a hit die. The first rest only takes an action worth of rest. Eat your heart out, uh, players of Dunkians and Dragons, but you'll catch up with us eventually because the second recovery roll takes 10 minutes, the third one takes one hour, and the fourth recovery roll takes 10 hours, which at that point might as well be a long rest, and then your rests reset. So if, for oh. instance, you were like, I have no intelligences left in my little brain skull, uh, which, you know, frankly, relatable, a mood, <laughs> uh, you could now take your action recover one action recovery roll, roll that d6 plus one, and add that back. 
Alternatively, if, for instance, you spent some speed points, which, you know, I, I have a suspicion you're going to need to stealth, uh, you can also divide that one action recovery roll across the pools in any way you choose. If you want to do four speed, two intelligence. If you wanted okay. to do one speed, five intelligence. If uh, you, yeah, there you go. Well, I guess. Got it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, I have a nifty little ability because I'm volcanic. Uh, it is called Calm Before the Storm. Once nice. per day, if you take an action to meditate and clear your mind, you can make a recovery roll on your next action that doesn't count against your existing recovery roll. Sexy. Go ahead and roll it. <laughs> yeah, so this we're going to go ahead and do that. So this is literally you just taking, seeing the huge lumbering form silently moving about maybe 150 feet away. You just take a deep breath. It, I mean, it really... <laughs> It's really, you're feeling that adrenaline of fear kick in because now that you're on the floor, you're seeing the size of the T-Rex, which is roughly 14 feet tall and a little over 40 feet long as it's moving through the, the bush. Um, making that recovery roll, you kind of collect yourself for a minute. Just um, Okay. This is all being timed, by the way. So... Because Zevik is not able to follow your movements as you were stealthing along the ground. So he is waiting a moment, waiting a moment, waking up Terra, making a run for it. Yeah. So there's not really a signal here except for the screams of perhaps a dying dinosaur. So, yep. or worse. So um, go ahead now and make your stealth check. Here we go. Uh, and, and before he said, my destiny is in my hands. Correction! Communism! It's in our hands! I'm using, <laughs> I'm using a story point! Alright, comrade. <laughs> um, this one comes from Shock22. Alright, Shock22. Thank you so much, Thank Shock22, for that story point. You are going to get to lower that difficulty by an additional one, which is going to increase your chances of... Seizing not... the means of production... Yeah, so um, that's going to drop it down by one level. Okay, here we go. So you're going to need a 12 or better. That'll drop it down. It was at five, I believe. Is that correct? Yeah. And then it went down to four because you had dropped it one level. So yeah, five, uh, four. So you need a 12 or better. How about an extra 20? Yeah, let's go. Did you really get an at 20? I really did. I'm going to take a picture of yes. it. Uh, you do not have to make any more rolls then. I'm going to say as a major effect... <gasps> Not only do you move stealthily along the ground, watching your breath, making sure you step in the softest of nettles, um, you actually come across what looks like you didn't get a good look out of it because as you stepped over one of these logs and squatted down, you startle what you think might have been a small raptor or a small, small runner of some kind, a little dinosaur that immediately darts out from the bushes and runs the little dino that darts away doesn't make enough noise to alert the sauropods, but it draws Stripe's attention away from you as it darts out in front. And you, your breath catches in your throat for a split second, Zach, because you see Stripe literally pick up her foot and then lower it again and freeze in place. <clears throat> you can see reflected through the lights, uh, um, just like a small glint of her eyes as she freezes in place and like a cat is just frozen for a moment. If you were just walking along in the woods and just stared across the island of the trees, you would have mistook her for possibly just a large fallen log of some kind. 
she is frozen for a moment and your breath catches thinking that maybe she has spotted you and she is frozen to see if you're going to move. There is a tense 10 seconds of you staring at this T-Rex. She's maybe 150 feet away from you. You've got plenty of room to run and you wait until you see her form begin to move again in the direction that was headed. She is absolutely not focused on you at this point and has no idea you're there. You should be able to move freely without any further stealth checks. All right. I want to, I'm again at a distance following her eyeline to see what she's hunting. That's going to require you to get closer, but guess what? You rolled a nine at 20. <laughs> so doing something that would undoubtedly get you yelled at, you creep towards the danger you need to find out what she can see you need to use her eyes because you cannot make out especially right. especially sauropods of this size it's going to look like a, a bunch of trees with legs moving about you're not going to be able to actually make out anything it is damn near pitch black in the woods right now there's a storm blowing in. there's no starlight no moonlight you are using your hands to track how you are moving to the trees the wind is Drowning out any noise you're making, thankfully. Following the large shadow of this T-Rex named Stripe, you come across what looks like a small clearing. And perhaps there is a deity out there somewhere that's watching you right now, Zach, because you spot what looks like a collection of sauropods at rest. And sure enough, there is a younger one. It looks completely unsuspecting and is currently just lumbering about with its head in the grass. I'm going to quietly take an arrow. Okay. And I'm just going to think to myself only because it's necessary. And I'm going to fire at the, at the young one. Uh, make an attack. Okay. It's going to be uh, lots of penalty because it's complete darkness. If you're mm -hmm. trying to hit, um, what, what were you going to say? Uh, I would like to use my sleeping giant ability. Okay. Which is when you forego your action once in combat, you deal an additional uh, five points of damage to, uh, on your next attack. If you forego your action twice in a row in combat, you deal eight additional points of damage to your ne uh, next attack. So he's uh, basically he's Making sure he lines the shot. You sniper up shot first. this. Yes. Okay. Go ahead and make uh, your roll. Here we it's go. It's against the target number of the dino. There okay. is there's some mitigating factors. The environmental penalties are steep, but the dino is also completely unexpected and not a small target. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and meet you halfway here and set the difficulty at five, which would be fifteen. Fifteen or better. You can lower that with story point or efforts. Uh, we're definitely using story points. Hawks crew, you gotta, you gotta get Zach out of this contest. Yeah, because when you fire this arrow, if it goes poorly, <laughs> then I've had a run. And you've got a bunch of panicked sauropods that weigh well past forty tons, and you've got stripe. <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, this story point is coming to you from one Matt Smith, also known hey! as Guru Matt. And also my favorite doctor. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Mine too. 
All right. That's what's up. Um, okay. Here, here. Okay, so there's the story point. Him. Um, there's an effort thing that one can do, right? Yes. Effort, yes. So you can, uh, this is a ranged attack, so speed roll. Speed. Okay. Oh, so, I've got yes. speed. All yep. right. So it's three points because at this level you can only put one level of effort in. You'll get those as, as you get uh, advancing. Um, okay. So it costs three points. If you have a speed edge, it's discounted down to two. I do not have a speed edge. And you spend three speed points. Okie dokie. All right. So I'm spending my three speed points uh, and a, a, a story point. Okay. So that's going to drop it to four and then down to three so you need a nine or better okay i'm, I'm actually recording this rule <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's gonna be a big one <laughs> it would help if it, my dice stayed on the table how's the 18 do you <laughs> that gives you an additional plus two points of damage okay so this bow does Four points of damage plus the eight. So I'm doing 16 points of damage with this. That shot. is that's possibly that is possibly the <laughs> I don't know if we did that is the only time I've ever seen damage reach that level is in Callisto 6. <laughs> yeah, you got you gotta have like power shifts to um, do that kind of damage. The arrow whistles through the air and slams into the dino's thigh. Which immediately lets out a cry of alarm. Um, the cry rouses the rest of the sauropods, who instinctively begin to move away from the sound of the alarm. Um, and Stripe makes her move immediately, charging in. And the moment so that happens, you turn and begin to run. You don't know how what's unfolding behind you, Zach. All you can hear is the thunderous sounds of a panicked herd, the thunderous sounds of a charging T-Rex, trees snapping, cries. You have no idea. You can only imagine the chaos. You run. When you start beelining, you see the form of Zach and Tara up ahead. They notice you, and you start running after them. The three of you in the pitch dark, start running for the boundaries of the Red Jaw Wilds, trying to beat an oncoming supercell storm with a very pleased and well-fed stripe behind you. And that is where we are going to pause and wrap up chapter three. I was so scared! <laughs> you uh, rushed that. You, oh my gosh. Yeah. You risked life and limb. That could have, that could have gone south so easily. Can you take your dice for me? Yeah. Oh. Tell them the check is in the mail. So I can use my chonkers today. I felt it. Some gutsy shit right there, Zach. And, uh, also, thank you, Ox Crew, because you definitely helped. So much. Uh, yeah, you are fleeing the Red Jaw Wilds now. When we come back, Chapter 4 is going to be the arrival of the storm. Storm will have arrived, and hopefully there's only one. Because we still don't know what the hell is going on with poor Dahlia 
and everybody else inside Silver Creek. So that I'm out outside. <laughs> yeah. That is gonna wrap up chapter three. We will see you next Monday night back in the Cretaceous period for chapter four of Silver Creek. Until then, night. As we wrap up today's thrilling recording on Predation, remember that you can catch it live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash every Monday night at 6 p.m. PST. Explore our diverse podcast library, from the $2 creature feature to pest control and beyond. Dive into our rich archive, featuring everything from the eerie mysteries of ghosts and werewolves to the epic adventures of Star Trek and superheroes. Your continued support fuels Althaven's journey, so please consider supporting us on Ko-Fi, to help create more shows like this. Join our lively Discord community to stay updated on upcoming Haven events. Until next time, keep exploring, keep listening, and keep the Haven spirit alive. Thank you for being a cherished part of Alt Haven. <laughs>